after our hit trailer fucking Home Alone on Friday the 13th. We're just making, we're, we're just, Hollywood's been banging on my door like nonstop. Bunch yeah. of cease and, desist le- cease and desist letters and it's been great. <laughs> it was incredible. In 24 hours, it got 12 views. Yeah, easy. <laughs> easy, 12. Like, it's sliding. I mean, talk about viral. <laughs> uh, it's not. Yeah, no. But, no. no, but you know what? 12 views. I'm sure YouTube saw a blip there. Oh, yeah. Really? I mean, it's uh, it's monetization city for us. Actually, actually, <laughs> actually, that episode got demonetized. Pop saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip hop from the roots. Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no liver. Ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop Saga. Unfortunate shape voice. It was a shape. Yeah, yeah. It was loud. Uh, yep. Okay. Good. <laughs> you might have to mix that part down. Um, eh, I don't think so. Good. Good stuff. <laughs> but uh, hello, everyone, and uh, I hope you enjoyed my intro. Where I mean, I stumbled over a lot of those lines, but heck, I have a paragraph of stuff that I just wrote hours ago. <laughs> to resign and uh man that last intro was so good the the back to the future intro is so good i mean that the bar is set very high so i get a funny voice and that's it that intro was fine it was great uh it was great (laughs) i'm still thinking about it to this day 
Um, but in case that jo- that crazy loud voice uh, was hard to understand, we're talking about 1978's Halloween. There we go. We'll play that little beat, huh? Yeah, a little creepy. Yeah. Ooh, I'm in the mood to be yeah. spooked. Yeah. Um, with the spooky movie. I mean, it. It was. It was scary. I think it's still scary, legitimately. Out of all the movies we have seen, uh, for this uh, pop scares ya uh, month-long thing, um, I'd say that this was maybe one of the scariest. Oh, I would say so. Uh, I mean, we we really just went through different levels of silly, um, but there there's there's something so different about. Like Halloween versus Jason versus Freddy or versus like the haunted house like we did in, um, you know, Poltergeist. There's something just instantly creepier with Michael Myers. And um, I have a theory on what that is, but, you know, we'll, we'll discuss further as we get into it. Sure. Um so, uh, I don't know if we, I, you know, I can't remember if we, I think we mentioned this on the, the podcast, but, um, this is the one sort of slasher that you have, that you have developed a plan for, right? If, if you were to be confronted by a Michael Myers. Yes. That's, so, that's... um, why don't you tell us, tell us about this plan. I'd love to hear what the plan is. Should Michael Myers come a knocking? So, I'm a little hesitant to talk about the plan, only in the sense that, you know, I figure once this pod hits, like it's just going to it's just going to blow up the podcast airwaves and oh, sure. if if a Michael Myers exists and um which is possible and he listens yeah. to it and then he hears this plan and then he tracks me down, he might develop counters to my plan. Uh so I'm a little Ooh. hesitant. Um, but, uh, you know, at like MTV Cribs, come on inside. I'll, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. It's very simple. Um, my house is filled with a bunch of different booby traps. Um, good luck finding where they're at, but, uh, <laughs> every other stair is a death trap. Well, I'll just put it like that. Um, no, it's very simple. So all these horror movies, everyone always does it the wrong way. Right, like, okay, look, Jason's a super zombie. There's not much you can do about Jason except just overwhelming force and then hope you you best him. With Michael Myers, he's kind of like a dude who's just crazy enough not to care. So the plan is normally I, I keep, a, you know, like decorative weapons in my office that don't mean anything. And I keep all the real shit in my bedroom. So if I knew Michael Myers was in the house, I've gotten that up. Um, I will then grab my weapons that are in my bedroom. I will run into my bathroom and then I'm just going to put the weapons in the sink and wait for him to break down the door. So then I can start hacking at him. That's my plan. That's a, okay. That's a very well thought out plan and a very good plan. I don't know. I mean, uh, I feel like that's practical and would probably work. Yeah. I'm just taking advantage of natural choke points and the fact that, I'm probably as tall as Michael Myers, 
And I know I definitely weigh more than he does. So I'm just going to brute force him. I think that's like, it feels like the only way to go, to be yeah, honest. But, but I want everyone, the dogs, you know, the wife, everyone who's in the house to all be in there with me so we're not separated. So he's got to get through me to get to them, and hopefully I've done enough damage where then they can finish the job with the additional weapons that I threw in the sink. Well, that is incredibly uh, uh, brave of you. And I mean, look, this dude. I can't believe you gave away the whole thing. Well, expect a visit from the unfortunate shape. <laughs> I mean, the shape shit. <laughs> Please get your get your get your ass away from my house, Myers. <laughs> oh, whoop your ass, son. Don't mess with yeah. me. He's, I mean, he, um, I think one of the things that I learned, uh, you know, while watching this movie again is that he is, out of all, all of the sort of horror luminary sort of slasher monsters we've, uh, talked about this month, he is one of the ones that is like most susceptible to just, uh, you know, just random shit you do. He seems, he, he can be phased. Well, yeah, because he's the most human. There's nothing. The only supernatural about him is his uh, his ability to obsess over someone. You know, yeah. like I mean, and other survive than... a bunch of a bunch of damage. Yeah, but I mean, like, look at look at how many times they've had the retcon or move forward or change something in these series to kind of bring him back to his. Uh, pre-superhuman, you know, like, or his superhuman ways. Um, he's, he, the reason why I literally, that is a literal plan I have for Michael Myers, even though I know he does not exist in real life. I'm sorry, Michael, if you want to talk in there, is because he absolutely terrifies me. And, um, and that's why I love this movie so much. I know it's a, I don't know if the word is oxymoronic, but there it goes. Um, it it's it is that he's so oddly human, but not human at all. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, he can get shot in the chest, but shit, tenacity will make you do a lot of things. Though I'm not sure I could survive getting shot in the chest or hung that many or, times or stabbed <laughs> in the eye. Not just one shot to the chest. Like I mean, if I like cut myself on like a paper, you know, like a little paper cut or something, like I'm down for a week. I'm complaining, yeah. I'm hurt, I'm done, you know, my sciatica kicked in a few weeks ago, and, you know, I was, I was fucked. This dude's just like, yeah, burnt in a house? No problem, fuck that. I'll come <laughs> back, just throw some aloe vera on it, you know? Yeah, I would totally, uh, I would totally be like, oh, uh, oh, what? You stabbed me? Oh, come on, man. <laughs> come out of here. This sucks. It's just trying to terrorize people. You know? <laughs> Normal stuff, and you had to go ahead and fight back. Boo. Another Halloween ruined. 
You can only picture him quietly sobbing because of that. Like, <laughs> nobody likey Mikey. <laughs> That's right. Get the fuck out of here, Mikey. <laughs> Uh, so, um, so as is tradition, mm. um, why don't you tell me about, do you remember where you were when you first saw this movie? Yeah, I used to watch the, um, you know, so everyone should have picked up on the fact that I see these movies probably a little way too young and, uh, Halloween's yeah. no exception and, it's the one that's really burnt itself in the brain. But I used to watch the, um, again, I'll mention it, channel like 44 during Halloween and stuff like that would show a bunch of horror movies. Halloween was one of them. That's why there's some stuff that I remember from the movie that actually isn't in the movie um, because it, it was filmed just for the TV version. And... Um, yeah, so I I must have watched it when I was probably about yeah probably about six years old six seven was the first time. Good gravy! My I talked to my mom recently on the phone and she referenced one of our episodes in which uh it must have been like the Friday the Thirteenth or or something uh in which you talked about seeing it as at like six years old and she was. <laughs> She was like, he said he saw it at six, six <laughs> years old. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was funny. Yep. Mm, like, you know, it's just like my mom is, oh, it's funny when I hear how like other people I know grew up and what their mom would and would not let them get away with. My mom really had no problem with me just kind of watching whatever, uh, like, I guess within her level of reason, um, sure. you know, cause she would just kind of, again, she'd be like, you know, this isn't real. And I'd be like, sure. And then just like my knees are clapping so hard and my teeth are chattering as I'm looking at every weird silhouette walking by a window or something, hoping that, you know, it's not Michael Myers or Jason or any of those guys. So yeah, no, I, I, I watched it probably way too young, but this is you know, it it is truly that's the movie that cemented like, like my love for the horror genre, was stemmed from watching this one because I was absolutely terrified of it. I, I mentioned it earlier. I am absolutely terrified of the i, well, really the idea of a Michael Myers, and uh, yeah, just yeah, scared the ever living shit out of me. And I, it's, it was great to have that movie to latch onto versus like. You know, Halloween five or some shit like that. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> this this movie feels like it has more of a precipitous drop off in terms of uh, quality than the the like the previous two, three, I guess three horror movies that we uh, we talked about uh, on the previous episodes. Is that? Um, this is the, the only one, um, well, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's necessarily the only one, but certainly I think it's the one that most that like, uh, really foreshadows or, or, uh, telegraphs a sequel, um, compared to the other ones because they're literally like it, you know, spoiler alert, not to skip to the end or anything, but they, this, this movie ends on a cliffhanger. 
And but it it's weird because you are correct. It feels like it's telegraphing a second one. And um but I almost wish there never was a second one. Um or any additional ones. Because I, I, I don't know, like I mean I guess we'll get into a little bit, but how these sequels and everything that kind of follows this one just kind of diminishes Eh, slightly what why i find uh halloween like this you know the 1978 version so special um it's just kind of um eh, we'll spat on with the the additions that they add for the later ones and it just starts getting zanier and zanier um yeah i think that's a good point um so for those of you who may not know uh, Halloween was originally meant to be a anthology series. So it was like the, the first one and the second one were meant to be direct like sequels. And then the second one was meant to wrap up the story of this tale, this, this Halloween tale. And um, that's why the third one is so wildly different, but it, it did so poorly it's the only evidence of that that remains uh the the, the original idea to make it into a an anthology series mm-hmm. um but um i do sort of wish we had gotten um that anthology series it's unfortunate that halloween 3 ended up being so lackluster because a uh, man um that is a really cool idea and it's sort of a shame it was sort of overshadowed by these, the first movie, um, especially since the subsequent films really don't do justice to the first one. So, I mean, if you didn't call it Halloween and it was just season of the witch, you'd be fine. The, you the problem so? is I mean, you that call- movie is wacky. If, if it's, if it's by itself with no, connective tissue to the other ones like and i mean there isn't any right outside of a trailer for my you know for halloween being in the movie being meta about it there's no connective tissue to michael myers with the exception of plastering halloween that could have been completely and utterly broken if the second movie had nothing to do about michael myers and they just stuck with their guns about an uh, you know doing an anthology series kind of like you know like yeah, amazing tales or something like that, where we're just going to tell a bunch of little stories or something. They could have completely done that, but instead, they attach the name Halloween on it with that font. That's what you get. Like, you know, you, sure, you, yeah. people are just expecting that association. Um, you know, if the sort of modern convention of how you title a movie were in place back then that it may have made more sense, right? You could have called it Halloween colon, you know, the Michael Meyer story or something. <laughs> it sounded like a Lifetime movie. <laughs> Halloween, the Michael Meyer story. <laughs> Starring Jamie Lee Curtis and Donald Pleasance. Weird. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know, Season of the Witch which I bashed before and I will continue the bash because it just sits within that family. And I'm one of the people who don't count it as a Halloween movie. 
for some strange reason, there's a bunch of Halloween fans who do. I, I don't see the point. Um, if it was a standalone movie, it would just be your, here's a horror movie. I mean, some of the effects in it are grody as shit. Like, um, like could be creepy. That song is kind of creepy in its own right. You know, the Silver Shamrock song. So, like, there are moments to it, but they if they never attached to Halloween, I think it would have done a lot better. But, you know, at that point, they kind of changed how Halloween happened as a series. You know, like, the first one is very nuanced. The kills aren't very bloody. You know, everything is kind of done on purpose. The second one just goes counter that because they're up against Jason at that point. So it's bloodier, it's gorier, and it just loses. It, it had some of the same shots, and they tried to make it feel like it was a continuation from the first one, but it was missing those beats because they felt they had to go grosser uh, to kind of match what was being uh, put out there. And then every subsequent one just kind of suffered from that because... Like you said, in the end of the second one, spoilers, that motherfucker should not be alive. I mean, <laughs> he should be so dead. It's like they, they they should still be picking pieces of Michael Myers out of that hospital to this day type of thing. Um that's how dead he should be. Um yeah, and that is before the introduction of the Thorn cult. Oh, don't even get me started in that fucking garbage. Holy shit. It, the I get it. People love an origin story. People always feel that there needs to be more to it. They do, dude. People look at look at people look at the internet. They want right. an uh, origin story, but I don't think you. I don't think people do. No, you don't. But everyone thinks they do, right? Like everyone's like, "Oh, I gotta find out more about the Force." No, you don't. The Force is a MacGuffin. Just let the Force be the Force. But right. then you got Metachlorians. In this instance, right. it, it was like, first, you know, I, I, just lightly, right? In this movie, Michael Myers has no familiar, uh, you know, like familial connection. There's none. The only connection is, uh, you know, Laurie Strode was in the wrong place at the wrong time. That is literally the only connection. Right. Then in the she second one, to live in his hometown. Well, not just in her hometown. She went to his house, and he was there. And that oh, was right. it. Yeah, that's true. That connection right there was it. That was that was when she became his obsession. He was going to find out everything. That was the one he was going to focus on. If it would have been someone else, they would have been in the clear. And that is what terrifies me the most about the series. But then you put the familial bond, it's you're trying to give reason to why he's doing it. And then you You're do that. My obsession. <laughs> Sorry. I just realized that's all I know of that song. Anyway, bye. Oh! <laughs> that's a callback. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, but, uh, you know, me. and then. No, I was just saying, then they do the thorn shit because then that means Michael Myers needs to have a bigger purpose and it's all part of cult. It just it just snowballed out of control. Why do you think they tried to stop it two times with Halloween H2O and then again with Halloween 2018? They were just like, just that other shit never happened. 
we're just <laughs> jumping over all of it. Yeah, right. It's kind because... of crazy how many soft reboots uh they've done. Whereas the uh the other characters they've sort of uh I, I feel like they've left alone more. Uh you know, aside from the the um the I guess they've all had reboots to lesser degrees of success. Yeah, but not to the point where you just wipe out everything that happened outside of actual franchise reboots, right? Like where they're just like either the Rob Zombie version, which is just a complete different take of Halloween or like the newer Friday the 13th, which, you know, different timeline, different everything, different, not different origin story, but just different Jason, all that stuff. Usually there's a connective tissue across the board. In the Halloween series, it goes up, down, left, right, bottom, middle, side, top. <laughs> yeah. You know, it just it's just going all sorts of wrong. And um it's just because people wanted to know more, but they were busy trying to turn Michael Myers into uh his other slasher buddies which I feel he's not in that like in that vein. Yes, he goes around doing heinous shit, but he is not the same as a Jason or a Freddy because in Halloween, I'm not rooting for him, right? Like you watch when we were talking about it, when we were talking about Friday the 13th, it really got me thinking about it because obviously I knew what we were going to be doing for the whole month. And I was just like, there was a point where Everyone in that teenage cabin was so insufferable. If they died, I personally didn't mind. Right? There was yeah. no one I felt like the redeeming value over there. So you're just waiting to see how Jason takes them out. At no point in Halloween do I find anyone so fucking cringeworthy that I'm like, Ugh, Michael, do us a favor. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, man, I hope, why don't you notice he's there? You know, I'm screaming at my screen like, do something about this. What's going on? Come on. Come on. But, I agree know, with you with the exception of Bob and Linda, who hey, seem y'all, like real pieces of shit. Hey, y'all can't be perfect. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> But like even them, I'm not sitting there going like, yeah, Bob. Bob's the exception. In my notes, he's called douche for a reason. Well, I mean, they both go to the, the <laughs> this yeah. house that is... Uh, owned by the parents of the girl that is being babysit by their friend and spoiler alert uh, they throw trash everywhere and have sex in a, their bed yeah I mean you don't do that's that that's gross yeah you don't do that <laughs> you don't go you're just like hey how was uh how was Sally tonight was she alright uh, did she give you any trouble <laughs> Um, wait, why does it smell like sex in here and there's beer cans everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You the... are never babysitting our daughter again. You are the worst. Yeah, it didn't feel like they weren't coming home for the night. It felt like they were just out for the evening and they were going to come back home. So it's like, what were you going to do? Have fucking sex do all this shit then clean everything up bob's your uncle and be out before like 10 30 even though you know bob is kind of yeah. a two pump i don't want to anyway. get too graphic or anything but those sheets are stained <laughs> yeah you know, you're 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 gonna have to put those in the wash yeah i mean i think i mean i think there is some question but uh bob finished 
case you were curious. In case you were curious, Bob Dunn. Okay, so, um, so let's talk a little bit about the movie. I want to say uh, right off the uh, right off the bat, uh, it really will serve yourself better if you've seen this film before you listen to the podcast because uh, we're going to talk about it because we've both seen it. We're going to talk about it, uh, you know, in the order that. We're gonna go kind of in chronological chronological order, 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 order. Uh, a little bit of that imp- intro stumbliness is coming on back. Hooray! Anyway, uh, some um, dirty martinis, man. Yep, Too dirty. Dirty martinis making you uh, trip over all your words. Uh, but um, you know, as we've already shown, we're gonna jump around. We're gonna talk about the film. Um, but, uh, you know, we're not going to be comprehensive moment by moment. So uh, if you haven't watched it, I say I don't want to give it away too early. But, geez, go out. And, if you're in for the mood for a, a classic uh, spook em up thriller, um, uh, this is one of the best. Yeah, where did you watch it on, by the way? Did you uh, rent I it? set up a... Well, I have a I have a little cheap projector I got from uh, Amazon, Ooh, nice. um, and I, I set up a, a little screen uh, in the old boudoir, um, and sort of uh, had a little movie night in uh, projected onto a to a screen, and it uh, made it made some popcorn, made it feel oh, like very a nice. real movie night. I watched it by myself in my office. Uh, well, <laughs> way to make me feel like well, sex we can't shit. All be the, we can't all be the <laughs> king of Scotland. Um, I'm not a king, just a lord. Lord, I mean, yeah, yeah, king, lord, lord, king. It's not, uh, the, not the same thing. I have to respect, you know, certain rules. Of course, R- rules. So, um, did you? What did you think about this intro? Uh, at first, I was like. I didn't. I didn't remember that it was like a a pumpkin, uh, and at first I was like, "This is like a cute com- pumpkin." This is kind of distracting from the the horror of the movie to come. But uh, man, as they zoomed up on that thing, <laughs> yeah, it was I, like it started getting real creepy. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you're like immediately confronted by John Carpenter's score, right? Like, there's no beating the bush beating around the bush about it you're just getting that so it's already this five four tempo things are like dun, 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 you know and then you mm-hmm. see this pumpkin and it looks you know okay but yeah as you get closer you're starting to see like where miscuts were done they're like well i cheese every fucking time um you're starting to hear this theme you're getting these chopped up eyes and then you're just zooming into this pumpkin yeah creepy as shit black and orange so you've got the classic halloween you know flavors there's no question about what you're gonna see yeah yeah i uh, i have to agree um it was just uh you know that i think the Carpenter score is just something that like you, I, I actually listened to his, I think he recently put out an album of, uh, of sort of scores to movies that never existed. And, uh, I just listen to that sometimes when I need to, you know, focus on something. It's just so good. Yeah. Like he is 
a, a multi-talented dude, and to think he only wrote this in like three, four days, I think. He's yeah. like, oh, I gotta come up with something. Do 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 do. Yeah, that seems <laughs> that seems creepy. And then like, oh, just one of the honestly probably the most iconic like horror music out there. Oh yeah, I mean, of all the movies we've watched, isn't this the one you remember? Like the theme song you remember the most. Like I I've remembered like that the Freddy rhyme, you know, one, two, Freddy's coming for, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but I didn't remember like the, the music. I mean, of course, Jason has that classic, uh, chi, 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 ka, ka, ka. <laughs> Um, uh, exactly. The, that awesome iconic sound effect. But, uh, this is really the movie that the score sticks out to me. The, uh, you know, uh, as one of the main things. Obviously there's a lot of things that are iconic about this movie, but the score is definitely one of them. Yeah. It's a driving force. If it didn't have this score that sounded this way, this movie doesn't work nearly as well. It is, it totally, to me anyway, I think it completely encapsulates this movie. It sets its tone and gets your blood pumping. Like I remember, uh, my wife and I lived when we were staying at this other house. Uh, we had a, a Halloween party, and we had the little, the little string lights that would play the, the Michael Myers theme, right? And, uh, you know, I took them down, I just threw them in the closet in my office, and, you know, that was it. Then one night, she comes into my office, starts talking to me, and then they just start playing on their own. <laughs> yeah. So then we just start, you know, looking behind us, looking around us, going, oh, shit, what the fuck is that <laughs> I hope Michael Myers isn't here. I don't have the weapons for my bathroom yet. They're on order. <laughs> They're on order. <laughs> um, yeah, when I um, when I was setting up for the cast and I uh, and I I played it uh, over the speakers. Uh, yeah, my wife was immediately like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> you you just can't help it, you know. Like when yeah, when you're hearing the. Ch- 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 you know, that's all, to me, that's almost the equivalent of, like, it's time to put on your 3D glasses because something's going to be in 3D. Right. But, like, this... A machine's this... going to be in 3D or, or, a, or a harpoon. Yeah, like, we we know Jason's coming, right? And this one's the same thing. You just hear it. You do get... There is a famous Michael Myers stinger that kind of lets you know, you know, as well, but, yep. like... This fucking like theme is it. Like it, it is the as far as I'm concerned, I've not run into a horror movie theme that's been uh, nearly as iconic, with the exception of maybe the Omen. There yeah. You go. Ooh. Right. That's Tubular a good pull. bells. It's that is creepy as shit. Uh, Editor John here. Apologies. I said tubular bell with the omen. The omen's theme is Ave Satini by Jerry Goldsmith. It's still equally creepy, super sounding, iconic uh, set of music for a horror movie. Uh, tubular bells, obviously, Exorcist, also another creepy sounding theme song for a movie. Uh, that one's Mike Goldfield. Also, uh, Michael does one of my favorite songs that was used as a, a theme song for Metal Gear Solid Five called Nuclear. 
works very well. Anyway, editor John correcting the fact that recording John was wrong. Uh, you're welcome, John. Um, and it works completely for that movie. So like they they are out there, but yeah, this one is up there. Yeah, I have to agree about that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how this movie opens with the flashback. Uh, I did not remember this. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention is that I, like, again, uh, I am a notorious uh, chicken when it comes to horror movies, and so I saw this when I was, I think, when I was like twenty-eight or something. Jeez, <laughs> like, like two relatively, weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, like relatively recently. Um, but it was, uh, still very scary. Um, but I had forgotten this, uh, I'd forgotten the intro. Um, and there's, uh, there's a couple funny things in it that I'd like to talk about, but I thought the, this kind of sets up the sort of voyeuristic type, uh, camera work we're going to see throughout the movie. Um, but I really thought the handheld sort of like spying on the, the couple in the house, uh, beginning just like really does a great job of uh of, of like uh, setting you um you know uh, off balance. Yeah, I love the POV shots that you get in this. There's one that I kind of wish that they a little later on that they would have figured out a way to work out, but this one yeah sets everything. We're at a, a an odd height level because we notice we're not like. You know, you're not necessarily adult tall, so you're not sure. Yeah, I didn't get that initially. I don't know what what it was, hmm. but that did not read to me. I guess I just wasn't looking at the landmarks. Um, but uh, it does make sense later. <laughs> yeah, no, it was to me. It was the windowsill the first ah. time I noticed the the like you know almost peeking over it versus you know. Most most homes, if you're on the ground floor, you're not going to be, you know, the, the, the steps up to the house were only like three steps. So if you're an adult, I'm not saying you're going to be like waist tall, but you'd be able to kind of look straight into the house. But this one was like the peeking over it. And then, you what know, I thought, hmm. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say what I thought was uh, interesting is that there are there are many moments in this once you kind of figure out that this is like you're seeing from just POV which isn't like initially uh apparent but then becomes very apparent sort of as the the scene goes on and um there are many moments in this intro where I cuz again like I said I forgot sort of the contact content of it so there were a lot of moments where I was like, wouldn't they have seen the person? And then of course the reveal at the end makes that make sense because it wouldn't have mattered. Um, if they, uh, if they had seen the, 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 you know, the, the POV, the, the owner of the, the point of view, um, because there's no reason to be scared of this, uh, little boy yet. True. But they're also wrapped up in their own, like, Horn dog action, so no, you know, yeah, they're not paying attention to the TV. Dude is but there's asking. a part like where the boyfriend comes downstairs right in front of the <laughs> the POV, and is like literally a foot away and just kind of like completely doesn't see uh this this person there. But you know, 
if it's you know it's spoiler alert it's michael myers and he is a little boy in a clown costume so why would you care you wouldn't well, pay attention to him well that's that's kind of i think the the bigger note here is that no one pays attention to him you know what i mean sure like yeah. because you would have think or you would think that he would have acknowledged him hey kid hey squirt you know i just had sex with your sister upstairs <laughs> do, 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 do. you know but he was just so busy just trying to say yeah yeah of course i'll call you tomorrow yeah that'll totally happen yeah yeah yeah. and then he just he just bombed the fuck out of there that was a real quick set sesh <laughs> that was nothing like you know holy shit like i mean my notes just calls him and i i apologize for the the, the crudeness of it i just call him a two-pump chump that's exactly what i wrote <laughs> <laughs> except that i wrote one pump chub because it was like 10 seconds well um, i mean there was a moment where you know the point of view shot has taken us through this house so we don't know how many but i i figured good too you know give him some credit um you yeah, know his shirt was jostled that's true, that's so, true. yeah there was it's just funny how uh yeah that that maybe uh crack up um also the the acting of michael's sister is <laughs> really funny when he comes in and she's like michael and then she's he starts stabbing her and she's like don't oh, know michael <laughs> it's the it's the most low-key stabbing i've ever seen yeah i mean uh, look fortunately i've never been stabbed while um brushing my hair or anything like this by a sibling Yes, but we learned from Not Friday the Thirteenth that uh, that of course when someone's being stabbed and they are not dead yet, they they go, "You're killing me!" Ah! <laughs> That is true. That's well, you should act. But in this uh, instance, she was low key, just like, "Oh no, I'm dying! Oh no!" Oh, Jesus, stab! Yeah, always yeah. my my favorite part is the hand or the the point of view POV shot, yeah. looking up at the hand as it's stabbing, just like, yeah. "Look what I'm Am doing! I doing a good job!" Yeah. Oh, look at my form. Yeah. So good. I also love the react, the sort of like black box theater reaction of the parents where he goes outside to the, the parents. And, you know, if you're watching this for the first time, you don't know who this is yet, but they're like, Michael, what? And then they just go, they, they, they finally switch from the POV shot and, uh, and they just standing there. Like the, the mom puts her hands in her pockets, like, Ooh, it's cold out. And I'm just kind of bored. And the the dad is just standing there like what? But they just kind of freeze <laughs> as the as the crane shot sort of uh, uh, you know pulls back from the scene. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how I'd react. Maybe I would notice the the the. I mean, the butcher knife this kid was holding had to be the biggest like oh well, excuse me the biggest chef knife I've ever seen. This thing mm-hmm. was almost like a short sword. <laughs> <laughs> like size yeah. and yeah coated it's, in yeah, blood it's a real ginsu 
Yeah, maybe one of them would have run in sores, but I think it's just kind of to, uh, you know, emphasis the plot that, holy shit, this is a little kid who did this. We weren't sure who was doing it. And, yeah. you know, like there's when the hand grabs the clown mask and puts it on, you know, and like walks mm-hmm. in here, it's like, oh no, like this, this is a deranged killer. Now it turned out to be this girl's brother, you know, we find out a little bit later. And, um, yeah, you get that fucking kind of vacant stare, and he's just kind of staring off into nothing. Like, you're like, oh, something's wrong with this kid. Yeah, that actor, the kid actor did a good job of, of like, sort of affecting that uh, thousand-yard stare. Yeah, but, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I love this opening. I love the fact that it feels like it's almost one continuous shot. It isn't. Yeah, it but... does. It's it's the cuts are hidden very well. Um, Deborah Hill is playing young Michael Myers as the hand. So anytime you see the hand, that's her. Producer and, and co-writer Deborah Hill. Yeah, like it just and the fact that like you uh, well you don't find out in the movie later on, but you find out way afterwards that this was this shot was filmed last. Like. In in the the filming order, they had to clean up the house, paint everything. You know, they had to be very wow. careful about where they were walking through because the house was a fucking mess. Because when you see it in the movie, that's how the house looked. A little right. bit of when embellishment, it... yeah. But when you see it later on, all kind of dilapidated, yeah. That's how it really looked. But they had to dress it up and be very careful and very selective and. Um, about how they shot everything, what they showed, what they couldn't show. Because if they were to go like even 10, you know, like 10 degrees off of where they were filming, you would see like run down uh, house. It, 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 it's a great establishing like opening for this movie. We don't have motivation. We just know this kid did it. And, you know, I, I, I'm already invested in what happens next. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I, I think I can speak for both of us when I say that we both have a true affection for, uh, for John Carpenter and uh, mm-hmm. and his movies uh, and his sort of aesthetic, um, and this the sort of single shot, um, lingering voyeuristic camera work is uh, is sort of a trademark of this movie, and um, I, I think was very influential. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie, if you haven't, I recommend you do, but if you've ever seen the movie, it follows, um, you sh- if you haven't, you should, it's very good, and it is very much, um, sort of the spawn of Carpenter, it is, uh, it would not exist without his movies, and, uh, it, it feels like a love letter to movies like this. I'll need to check it out. I have not seen it yet. You yeah, were telling me yeah, I we should, should watch uh, it. We should, you should definitely yeah. watch it before the movies uh, for the before the month is out. It's uh, it's one of those modern uh, horror movies that is real iconic and sticks with you. It's good. Oh, that's good. All right, high 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 recommendation. We'll see what happens. Oh yeah, um, but uh, yeah, just a great intro. Um, and, uh, but that's in the past. Uh, it literally takes place in the, in the past because it's a flashback to 1963. Um, and then we're going to flash forward to 1978, uh, where we first meet 
Dr. Loomis on a rainy drive. Yeah, fucking surly-ass Dr. Loomis. Um, yeah, he starts off pretty surly. He in a fancy sort of like, like I, I don't know, this um this uh, nurse looks like really, really fancy. I don't, I don't know if that's the, is she is she a special type of nurse? I don't know, or if it's just like the the petticoat she has on or whatever it's called. Um, but like uh, nurse master general or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty like fancy outfit. Head nurse or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's, this is Nurse Marion who does uh, appear in later in the series, and um, yeah, she's super fancy. I mean, the station wagon is all right, I guess, but like, yeah, it looks like what you see when somebody has like two German shepherds and they have like they drive like a Volvo station wagon, um, and they have that cage between the back seat and the front seat because their dog <laughs> just tries to jump through all the time. It's pretty much that, except with a, an official seal on the side. Yeah, and then when they offer you a ride and the dogs are in the back, you feel really weirded out because the dogs are growling the whole time. You think they're going to bite the back <laughs> of your head off, and the only thing that's yeah. saving you is a real thin-ass gate. Yeah, You're yeah. Like, that thing's not even screwed on there? <laughs> yeah, um, is that duct tape? Yeah. <laughs> Oh no, my brain! But yeah, Lu- <laughs> my brain. <laughs> um, yeah, Loomis is very surly, and uh, I really like this establishing sort of moment. Um, you get a lot of sort of uh, you get a, you see how kind of paranoid he is in um, in uh, you know Donald Pleasance's acting uh, is is really kind of affected and, and um, interesting here. Um, I also like the fact that you like you never really see where they're going. Um, they just kind of round a corner, and the headlights illuminate a bunch of uh, like mental patients. Or uh, that's probably not the right way to <laughs> to uh, describe uh, people in the state, but I mean um, they are patients of a uh, mental hospital for the criminally insane, I guess. Um, and they're just kind yeah. of out, like, wandering around. I thought that was a really cool scene, how the headlights sort of just uh, illuminate a bunch of what looks like ghosts. Yeah, no, I, I think they're not. It's just the state mental, you know, hospital. Just all sorts of walks of lives are there. But my my favorite thing is that she's like, it's like, isn't it weird that they let them walk around? I'm like, yeah. you think they're going to let them walk around at night when it's raining like this? <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> The inmates are running the asylum. Just open the doors. Yeah, free range, free range. Just go ahead. And, and but yeah, real spooky sight, which would make me immediately uh, hit reverse and back up, and then drive to the nearest phone and call them and be like, "Hey, I think you have a problem. <laughs> Saw some of your people out. I was going to I'm help not you in there." I backed up because it looked like a it looked real scary, and I'm not doing that. <laughs> well, Zelda thinks it must uh, be scary as well. Um, but yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, and that's what they should have done, but they don't. And uh, uh, Michael Myers uh, with a wrench taped to his hand. <laughs> was it, were we supposed to see that wrench? No, uh, originally it was, it's actually flesh colored 
and okay. seeing it on film, you wouldn't have uh, seeing it in film in the theater. You probably really wouldn't have noticed it so much. Yeah, but I just punched in, the microphone. That's how that's, that's how, how indignant I was over. Yeah, no that that was some, that was just to help him smash the window. Um, that's hilarious because so it it. Yeah. It read very. I mean, on the HD TV, it did like uh, you can well, obviously see it. He, he just has like a wrench in his hand, and he breaks day. the the window. I think that whole sequence is very sort of visceral and real, and that what that's kind of what makes this whole movie scary. But um, yeah, he gets away. Uh, what do you have the quote uh, from Doctor Lewis when he gets away? Oh no! He's like the evil is gone. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't grab that one. But I mean, it's okay. That, the, that it's, part is just so great. The evil is gone. <laughs> well, I mean, that whole car ride is like he's doing this because he's following the law, but he does not want uh, Michael doing anything. Never to leave again. Never to get parole. He he he's like no this dude's the devil like I mean there is that line that you know Marion does it's I think it's this one underestimated don't you think we could refer to it as him if you say so right like he doesn't even refer to Michael Myers as human because if you, know, you say so if you say so like I look we're just doing this because the law is telling me I have to go to this hearing or something. But I don't want to. I want him to get relocked up in. So we're just doing this. I don't know why you would do it at night in the rain like this without with just you and one nurse. But whatever. <laughs> I'm Ma- probably... Maximum spooky, obviously. Yeah, maximum spooky. But yeah, no. When he's like, the evil is gone. He, he, yeah, he knows this. You don't want this dude out. Like. You know, it's, but I, it is a big of a stretch to go just start calling this dude the evil's god. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, no wonder nobody takes him seriously uh, at any other point in the movie. Um, but uh, now we get to meet Lori, who is the, uh, I would argue, is the main character. Why would I argue that? It's very obviously, <laughs> very obvious that she's the main character of this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, it's a now what, Halloween. Um, yeah, when we meet Lori, and yeah, she's the hero of our yeah. tale. Indeed, uh, played incredibly uh, by a very young-looking uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, she is the only one who was on the uh, in the cast who was of age to be going to high school <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Everyone else, but man, uh, her age does not uh, does not prevent her from uh, turning in a tour de force uh, performance. Um, I, I know, right? And to think there was a point where she thought she was going to get fired because she thought her performance wasn't very good, and uh, on her first day, and she got a call from John Carpenter. And she was like, this is it. They're firing me. They're going to get someone else. And he was like, oh, we loved it. Everything was great. You did fantastic. Can't wait to see what you bring tomorrow. And that that's all he said. But that's the level of encouragement. But she thought she did shitty. I, I think she does a great job, especially for like a movie of this time where sometimes the acting can be a little uh, forced or less nuanced like some of the other yeah. characters give us. This is 1978. 
Now, granted, a lot of incredible films came out around this time. Not to um, the the late seventies is a very good time for movies, but you just um, it, there's just sometimes an acting bar that you hit when you're watching like a horror movie. Where, you know, it's like, yeah, I can't wait to go to the lake house because at the lake house, we're going to go swimming and do all these things. <laughs> right? You're just like, you know, versus like, man, you know what? I can't wait to go to the lake house. Yeah. At the lake house, we're going to do swimming. We're going to do all these things. It's about inflection. And sometimes yep. they don't have it. In this instance, Lori Strode's is a... Is a, a Kind of complete character, her demeanor, everything that we see from this point, like Ford, kind of builds up with who she is. And, um, yeah, I think it's a great intro. Um, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, the thing is, uh, about this whole set of sequences that kind of, uh, sets up Lori and, and her, you know, friend group and uh her as a babysitter is is they are all very like light on exposition um but each scene really tells us a lot about uh the characters that we're dealing with uh f like f right off the bat um as uh Lori meets the kid that she's going to babysit later um you can tell how good of a babysitter she is like she is super affable and um you know comfortable with this kid and uh maybe maybe a little too comfortable uh not to say that anything inappropriate happens with the kid but uh certainly her going up to that uh the condemned uh Myers house um was a mistake well, she was just doing that to drop off a key for her dad. You know, so, like, that's where she was going. Tommy was following suit. Yeah. Um, did not yeah. take it, did not treat it with a, a great degree of uh, seriousness. Although, I guess, you know, why would she at that point? Exactly. There's no all points bulletin. There's nothing going out there. You know, the Myers house is like what the creepy old house in anyone's town is. It's just like where you tell ghost stories or all that shit. But she's like, I'm a teenager. I don't believe in that shit. I was asked to drop off this key. I'm a good kid. I'm going to do that. Tommy knows what's up. Tommy, you know, he's just like, he's scared of his own shadow. Um, but, you know, saying that's where like the boogeyman lives. And, you know, it's a haunted house, a spook house. And he's like, I don't even walk by it. And I was like, well, then why did you? Like, I'd have been like, <laughs> I'd have stopped at the start of the block here? and be like, uh, yeah, you go do that. Okay, Lori, I'm going to go. Because she does it. They walk like 10 more feet and then he bombs off to the left anyway. So I just would have been like, later, you're going by the Myers house. I don't like it. Bye. Yeah. And uh, everyone should heed that advice because th this time probably... <laughs> You know, if she'd gone there any other day, would have been A-OK. -okay. Uh, but this time, Michael Myers is inside. There's a silhouette in there that actually was a pretty effective jump scare. Yeah, it's a, it, that's the, the master class we get with Carpenter in this is how he uses jump scares and how he uses wide shots, like our, our second to none. And yeah, this one is great because there's nothing that is like, you know, like... 
I don't even think the music that accompanies it isn't that really hard of a beat, which is usually how a jump scare is like constructed. First, it's like, Argh! and then it's like, boom, boom, you know, like it's like this cavalcade of like sounds and everything to get a reaction. This one is he just like is just right there, you know, breathing heavy. And uh, that's to get you used to his breathing. So when you hear that breathing around, you know, something is going to happen. But yeah, I really wished for Lori and her friends that her dad would ask her to ask her to drop off the keys yesterday. You know, because <laughs> because yeah. honestly, like if it wasn't for this moment, I I I argue that her friends and them would have been fine if this was a real world situation. It just happened to be that's the first person he laid eyes on when he was in that house and. Like, I use the word obsession for a reason. That's when he starts obsessing over Laurie Strode's. Which is a, 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 a much more interesting motivation than what they end up changing it to later, uh, that he's actually related to Laurie, and that's why he's obsessed with her. Um, but a far more interesting uh, and sort of ter- terrifying um, uh, motivation is that it's just the wrong place at the wrong time. I I think so. Uh, I'm I'm kind of glad to hear that because a lot of people love the fact that they're family, like that's his sister. And that I'm just, just makes it sort of. It's like he already killed. The whole point is that he killed his only sister. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and uh, that is like terrifying. It he doesn't need to be Michael Myers, the sister killer. <laughs> <laughs> he's only got so many um better to, for it to be just someone who is uh obsessed and and you know sort of like terrifyingly relentless and i mean not to have that set up in this one you know just proves that it was an afterthought um you know like there was no point where he was like looks at the big sister's room then turns over and looks at her in a crib or something like that yeah right it, none of that exists because this is meant to be like a random act of violence. This was just something told Michael Myers. Maybe he was just like, you know, 15 years. I've been getting swole, working out, learning how to drive cars somehow, doing all this shit. He's like, I'm finally ready. I'm I'm ready to go kill some people for real now. So I'm breaking out. Finish the job. Right, you know, and then yeah, Laurie Strode just happened to be the in the wrong place at the wrong time, and then she sings that song, and I was just like, oh man, I wish you didn't sing that song at all. <laughs> I wish I had you all alone, just the two of us. Yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah, that was yeah, serenading. You're gonna get your, uh, you're gonna get your wish. Yeah. Oh, jeez. It's cool to find out that she she made that up on the spot. That song does not exist in real life. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Uh, but as you mentioned before, there's like a nice lingering shot uh, of her sort of walking away, and then him coming out and just sort of staring at her while she uh, uh, walks away. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, one of the scenes where I was like, uh, that I thought was interesting, but may possibly unnecessary. Well, I mean, 
so the part where uh, Dr. Loomis is sort of like calling the sheriff and, and, and warning them that uh, Michael Myers is on the way is important, I think, foreshadowing, probably. But explaining how he got his coveralls, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's a cool detail just to see how ruthless he is. Um, but two questions for you. Mm-hmm. One, who cares how he got his coveralls? He just has coveralls. And then two... What is the significance of the red cat? Oh, the red uh, rabbit. The red rabbit. Oh, um, nothing. So nothing movie wise. The The connection was that Michael was there. Right. Because it, when Marion and them are driving to the hospital, you know, she lights up her cigarette like that you could do back in the day and smoke in a car. And then she threw the matchbook, it was there, and then I think that was just to confirm that, indeed, this was Michael Myers, he was here, you know, you found so his robes he, and stuff like that. He, like, found someone with a, a tow truck, because his car is fine, he he drives it for the rest of the movie, um, so he found a tow truck, and killed the guy, and then left the matches on the dashboard yeah through i think probably just through all the stuff out yeah okay. there's that because there's no like callback obviously we don't go to anywhere name that there's yeah it's I'd like gotten something and that was going to come back somehow but it doesn't no they they made that connection a little stronger in the rob zombie version but um where they just okay. turned it to the uh, strip club or something like that but i don't think there's anything more than just say that michael was here and um He's changed his outfit, so at least he's not wearing his robe. I don't think it's, um, I don't know if I wouldn't go, I, I think it's a, it's important. I'm just really surprised he didn't do that from, like, I don't know, home. Like, I wake up, or I get home, and instead of, like, calling immediately, being like, hey, all this shit happened, he's like, eh, I'm gonna yell at my boss at this hospital real quick. To say that, like, you guys fucked up the security to him, but then I'm going to go ahead and uh, hit the road and then call Haddonfield. When I probably just would have called them and been like, hey, we have this crazy dude. He's from there. There's a good chance that he could be going back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a good, uh, it's interesting. That's a good, uh, a good answer. I also like uh, during this part, how um they have that class where they're talking about how like uh how this author treats uh fate as uh sort of a force of nature and it's unstoppable and inevitable and then uh you got uh Lori looks out the window and there's Michael across the street fully in mask just staring at her uh really unnerving and then you know she looks away she looks back he's gone like you do I mean, well, yeah, that's that's the other thing about him is that he, it's like he hides. He'll let you know that he's watching you. No one else will seem to see him, but he does this shit in broad daylight. Like, no, no qualms about it. No being sneaky about it. He's like, well, okay, I found where she goes to school. I got in my little car. Now I'm gonna watch, see which classes he's in. Yeah, like I mean, he is literally. You can't see his eyes for shit, but he is. St- staring into your soul at that point yeah um 
<laughs> yeah, he is. It's a really, uh, it's really effective at, at building tension because it's kind of like it's there and it's gone, and and nothing scary really happens directly thereafter. But um, it's sort of planting the seed that this guy is is uh, stalking Lori, and uh, it just it's it's a very effective, creepy little uh, a tone setter. Um, mm-hmm, but I love mm-hmm. this sequence that comes next with Lori and her two friends, her two fully adult friends. <laughs> Woo. These are some friends. If you had friends like this, who needs enemies? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're really giving her the business. Um, uh, but there is one very spooky scene, um, where, uh, sort of a car who doesn't seem to be going that fast down the residential street uh Lori and her friends sort of or I guess I should say is it Annie or Annie yeah Annie who who says uh hey speed kills and uh that car comes to a screeching halt and I, I don't know about you but whenever you know if you're walking around and you're like hey asshole when someone almost hits you and they stop you're like oh fuck <laughs> yeah I did not ex- uh I did not plan for this there's no fucking way he heard that. No. I'm just, you know, but I mean, maybe, you know, years in the Institute taught him Peter natural hearing or something or gave him that because it's like speed kills. He's like, I'd be like, Oh, I'm fucked. But the thing is, Annie has that bravado. Someone who knows her dad's important. Like, you know, her dad's the sheriff. So she's not like, afraid of people because her dad's a sheriff you know he, he can right. arrest them and stuff like that so i i kind of feel like that's where that's coming from um but then i love her like line after he takes off totally i hate a guy with a car and no sense of humor <laughs> yeah, that, i yeah, think like, that's i think that's uh, whatever her uh linda i think linda delivers that one no that's annie are you sure I'd be willing to bet you five bucks. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but uh, it is a great it, it is a great line. To Editor John, uh, re-listen or re-watch this part, see who says it, and insert something here. Editor John here. Man, I always wonder why I change my voice when I'm editing versus being on the pod. Anyway, uh, just to confirm, John, you are correct. And he does indeed say the line. I rewatched the clip. I also read the script. So, can confirm Annie is the one that says, I hate a guy with a car and no sense of humor. Now, to be fair, in the clip that is played, the totally is said by Linda. So I can see where you can construe that, but how dare Force question your Halloween movie knowledge? Um, he owes you five bucks, so uh, spend it wisely. Not on bad candy and definitely not on bad soda. <laughs> Something. It's good. Uh, well, an answer. If I, I'll say if I owe you five bucks or not, or if you um, owe me five. I bucks. did not take that bet. Yeah, you did. I am not. I am not confident enough to take that bet. Uh, let it be shown that uh, I did take that bet. Oh my god! You, <laughs> you edited that in. Oh, oh, dude, that would have been great if I would have just taken clips of you saying I did take that bet. <laughs> I just I totally did take that bet and I also said double or nothing. All right. I'm unemployed. I need money. Let's do it. Anyway. 
yeah, one of her uh, Annie probably. If we're, uh, let's let's be honest with ourselves, yeah, she gets in a a heck of a good line. That whole sequence was great. I love how long they they hold on the three and sort of how um I don't know. It's just like it 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 is really creepy. As is the you know when when um it's when uh, Linda leaves and it's just Annie and Lori. Um, they have another encounter with a uh, good old Eminem. <laughs> it's like the real oh, Slim Shady Deskum. Sl- oh, the other Eminem. Okay. <laughs> yeah, where he's just fucking just staring at him by the hedge. Like mm-hmm. that tall ass hedge. He's just like, hey, it's me, Michael Myers. And uh, Yeah, and then he just kind of, it's very creepy because he's sort of like halfway, he's kind of obscured by the hedge a little bit but not enough to actually it's like obvious that he's there and of course Andy runs up and and he's gone um he really michigan j frogs Lori in this moment yeah it's like hey he wants to ask you on a date yeah. and i was <laughs> like right Lori, over here behind this thing as like Lori kind of believes her a little bit just enough to go like to move a little faster like, if you were terrified of what was over there, I'd be like, uh, I'm going to cross the street. You're good, Annie. I'll, I'll, I'm going to go walk over here. But obviously, the nine-part ninjutsu class that they teach at the um, institution was good enough for Michael because, yeah, that dude's gone. Um, yeah. I mean, all Let me ask these... you a question. Yeah, okay, shoot. go ahead. No, I was just going to say all these shots are... Uh, Pretty much designed, I feel, to condition us to always be looking out for him. Almost like this weird where's Waldo type of effect where like you don't know where he when he's going to come or where he's gonna come, but he will like to not just pay attention to the sorry, someone must have arrived at the house because all the dogs are going crazy. Um Quitch quick to the bathroom sink. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Um, it's just the condition you not to just pay attention to what's directly in front of the lens, but like also to kind of like look to your sides, look, you know, here he is around this corner because the shots just typically get wider and wider. And, um, he, he also appears a a little bit later when, when Lori goes up to her room and looks out her window into the backyard of her neighbor, he's just standing there like betwixt the drying laundry I looked away to take notes, and I looked back, and he had got, he had vanished, uh, vanished much like what happens to Lori. But does he vanish while she is looking? Nah, she looks away. Okay, she just like <laughs> it's not like okay. he's it's I not like he's like oh 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 oh, and then <laughs> just walks it was like, away. Boop. No, <laughs> no, no, he knows I'm he's a under- master of illusion. Yeah, I mean, he knows he's unnerving enough that you know, people probably won't believe what they see and and he takes those moments to just kind of bomb off yeah so no no you just don't see him turn around and walk away (laughs) maybe i dream of genied out of there (laughs) yeah no um that's hilarious and and then she gets a girl uh she gets a creepy call (laughs) Sorry, uh, she gets a creepy call from uh, uh, from a spooky guy. Nah, it's just kidding. It's it's uh, it's Annie. 
Yeah, I was eating something on the phone. I don't like that. I never like when people would eat while talking to me on the phone. Yeah, I have I a weird. I actually dude. like that. I <laughs> I like Brad Pitt in Fight Club eating Fritos on the phone, uh, talking. Uh, spoiler alert to himself. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it's to yourself, then have at it. But, like, when you're talking to me and you're eating Fritos on the phone or some shit, we, we can have that talk. We, like, call me in 15 when you're done. Like, okay. I don't not, need a, be... not a good, not a big ASMR, uh, ASMR fan. Huh? Fuck no, I don't understand that at all. That would just annoy, the, it actually annoys the shit out of me. I don't get it. Like, yeah, I don't get the, I'm like, not a huge fan either. I don't get it. Um, I don't need to hear people eating chips on the phone. Like, I don't need you. Look, if you need to take a piss or a shit and you're talking to someone on the phone, either mute it or call them back. I don't need to know yeah. what you're doing in there. You know? So I, I love just, the... Just putting that on Front Street. <laughs> I mean, so I am, like, I like people eating eating chips on the phone Some for some reason in a movie. Sounds really cool to me. Uh, but any other ASMR that I've ever, uh, stumbled upon has always been disgusting, uh, because it's usually like mouth sounds and for some reason, like eating chips, like in a kind of a muffled phone way, super cool with Forrest eating, uh, any other mouth sounds like (laughs) terrible, terrible, fucking terrible. Hate it. So, and no one wants to hear that shit. Yeah. It sounded like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) This is this this is, how, this is the sound of being pudding. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so here we are. We're gonna make these sounds like doing this. <laughs> I'm ASMRing right now. I hope you enjoy. <laughs> I hate every moment. I hate all of right it. So, so guess what? Uh, Don't uh, worry, I, folks. I literally am feel sick to my stomach. Well, good. Then I did my job. <laughs> You'll never have to worry about Pop Sun and doing ASMR presents. <laughs> yep. Um, but uh, you know, someone out there, it was just their thing. You just did their thing. Well, if you want to um, pay me an exorbitant amount of money, I'll do it often. I don't give a shit. Yeah. yeah. Pop Saga OnlyFans coming soon. <laughs> We can be bought. <laughs> Pop Saga can and will be bought. Uh, tune into our OnlyFans to hear us eating uh, summer squash. This is <laughs> this is your friend Forrest. Working today, we're gonna eat summer squash. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I sound when I whisper. It's a great MSR uh, MSRP. It's a great MSRP uh, voice uh, ASMR, of course. Yeah, it sounds good. I'll double ARP this shit. We got it. Let's go. ARP. <laughs> listen to this. It's good pudding. <laughs> and this is the quality material you all ask for. You tune in every week for this high quality material and for me to forget the lines of the intro. <laughs> Huzzah! Uh, this is <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, fun. You're trying to figure out how to pause that in a second time, yep. huh?
Okay. Yeah, that's true. I had it said. <laughs> it would have been really funny to do once and stop, but uh, I did not have that set to the right uh, thing on my new soundboard. But that's uh, that again. You have seen, you have been born witness to all the great reasons why Pop Saga is Australia's number one pop culture podcast. Citation needed. By the way, we've lost. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we have one very loyal listener in, in uh, Australia, and I want to say I hope that I get, I'm getting your country code right on our <laughs> analytics tracking <laughs> somewhere. Um, but uh, also, I uh, just want to say I really appreciate you to the five other Australian listeners who don't listen to us anymore. Uh, uh, uh boomerang suck i don't know that sucks <laughs> no you know why no i don't listen these pasties anymore. are uh, good no they don't listen to us because they think we're a it says you're a dead fuck and oh, i think true. that's true so i've heard that dead fucks are not popular in australia and i get it uh, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful mm-hmm. country that i have never been but uh i do hope to visit one day when that is a thing and um you know i hope that by that point pop saga is at a point where the uh you know the red carpet is rolled out and everyone forgets about that boomerang comment i made <laughs> yeah i mean you know it's the internet it'll be it'll live forever but you know forgotten in like five minutes you're fine you're oh fine. sure yeah 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 i'm yeah. sure that that uh much like a boomerang i'm sure that will not come back to haunt me later <laughs> a ghost boomerang of course um but uh <laughs> this is a fucking train wreck let's, let's, let's get this train wreck let's um let's, let's get employ this train. doc brown to uh, transform this train into one that that flies um and that houses uh your one weird pervert son um and that's a Back to the Future 3 reference. <laughs> if anyone wants to look up the the weird choice that that actor made um, in the uh, final scene of Back to the Future 3, I encourage you uh, to do so. Um, so you can get my funny, funny joke. <laughs> He's filling himself up, folks. I'll, I'll just tell it what it is. His hand's in his pants for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, and I think he gives like a weird thumbs up or something. Yeah, I mean, um, what else are you going to do? Hands in your pants. Hey! Yep. <laughs> I had a topical joke, but I wasn't going to say it. I'll keep my mouth shut. Anyway, so, uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> sure, okay. Yeah. Um, I'll just cut this uh, out. <laughs> <laughs> this is all good. Uh, yeah, I'm not cutting yeah. this out. Uh, subscribe to our upcoming Patreon to to hear all of this. Uh, a- anyway, um, so I really like this choice. So uh, Lori goes outside to wait for Annie, and she has she's holding a giant pumpkin. This thing is huge. Yep. And um, she's sort of like I love the way she sort of uh, plops down on that column. Um. Uh, there in that sunny Chicago or Illinois, uh, California, sunny Illinois, California <laughs> neighborhood. 
Um, but I just that seemed like totally natural. I don't know if it was a uh, improv move, but kind of just like exhaustedly plop, plopping down on that uh, on that column seemed like a very kid thing to do. Yeah, like she's done it before. Yeah. You know, it felt like, yeah, when she normally waits for Annie or something like that, that's where she sits. You know, not in front of her house. She goes there, she gets swung by, picked up, they go bomb off and, you know, do their thing. So, I dig it. I do like the fact that this movie was filmed when pumpkins were incredibly hard to come by, so I wonder where the hell that pumpkin came from. Yeah, um, that thing is huge, and it looks real. Um, And then we get, like, a brief scene of Loomis going to a very, like, ill-kept graveyard and, and finding um, uh, Judith Myers, Michael Myers' sister, her, her tombstone missing, which I guess is, <laughs> it's a, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess he went there to see if he maybe could find Michael. He, maybe he would go there, but I love how like his calling card is like, I stole my sister's tombstone. Do you know why? Well, spoiler alert, but it'll be for a prop later. Realistically, I think the scene is there. The one set up that scene coming up a little bit later, obviously. And for, you know, to get the much you get as much out of Donald Pleasance's five days on set as you could. And <laughs> to be able to get him to sit there and say. He came home. Right. He came home. He had a couple uh, dirty martinis himself, sounds like. Yeah, but the thing is, we already know he's home. We know he's home. We don't, like, it almost feels like this should have happened earlier, like, before we see Michael Myers. Yeah. Like, it should yeah, we know that. We it's know he's a big, there. It, Yeah, exactly. Like, if we find out he's he went to, to Hadfield uh like prior to uh seeing him the first time that that could have been a creepy way to build tension this this serves i think solely to justify the weird use of this tombstone later yeah um and that that's what it feels like anyway here's mm-hmm. here's a fun so uh michael continues to stalk lori and Annie this time as they they drive around and he is driving insanely close. <laughs> Do you remember the spoof or the parody movie? Uh, I think it's called Lethal Instinct. No, the it's the Lethal Weapon parody with you mean loaded uh, loaded uh, loaded weapon or something. Like loaded that? weapon. That's it. Yeah, I was mixing uh, yeah. the um, Armand Asante. Um, uh, basic basic instinct uh, parody up with the with the Emilio Estevez, uh, um, Samuel Jackson, magnum uh, opus, magnum opus, yeah, loaded weapon. But there's that part where they're being followed, and they look back, and <laughs> the guys are just in their back seat. <laughs> no, but shit, Michael He's like, Myers don't look Myers. being followed, and they like uh, they cut. They cut it. The, the the two these two sort of guys in, in uh, ski masks are in the, their back seat, and he's like, uh, uh, "Look out! I'm gonna shake him!" And like they they cut to the outside of the car, and he like swerves back and forth, and they cut back into the inside of the car, and the guys are gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's what great. it sounded like, or that's what it felt like watching this, because he is like riding their bumper this whole time, and they do not notice at all. 
Yeah, I don't know. Like I'm at this point, I'm like Annie's dad is the sheriff. I imagine you know, like even just driving, you'd be looking in your rearview mirror. But maybe they did it differently in the seventies as well, because they don't notice shit. But that dude is not more than like ten feet behind him. That, like, that, that's generous. He is like a half a car length, if that. Uh, he is right up on their ass, and uh, you would definitely notice. I feel like they're also uh, they are getting uh, blazed in the car. Uh, yeah, she has a, some doobie a, snacks. Yeah, she's got a fat blunt, and uh, and they're just like. <laughs> they're getting blazed in that car I love how they like come upon her, her sh- sheriff dad so she's like get rid of it get rid of it Um. yeah okay why a- stop yeah A why stop B that whole car is gonna smell like Chiba do you don't think dad knows what Chiba smells like dude he was like young in the 60s he he knows exactly what's going on he even references weed later on in the movie so he's just like eh, whatever but like if you were so worried about it i just would have drove right by no problems no stops like he's busy dealing with this alarm that has to have been ringing all day yeah because i think we're meant to understand that this is uh, this is the doing of uh, Michael Myers. He's broken in and, and gotten some rope and uh, and a Halloween mask. On kids. Well, now all they took was some Halloween mask, uh, rope, and a couple of knives. Well, who do you think it was? It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's, the, yeah, exactly. it's the yeah, it's the expositional stop. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we get a little bit of a. I think it's really interesting that if you're not paying attention, you could easily go by that scene and and not realize uh, what it's trying to tell you. But I I love the sort of like hints of texture and fabric that they sort of drop in uh, to the to the background tapestry of these type of movies. Oh yeah, I mean one you're kind of getting like his implements or things that he's planning on using. And then again, the the whole scene when Loomis comes up, and you know, he's like, "I need to talk to you." And then we get like, if Loomis would have just looked to the right, he would have seen him because we get Michael Myers out of the corner of our eyes, driving right behind them as well. <laughs> yeah, Lord. he was there the whole time, um, which is really interesting, I think, and and and, um, and like creepy i think it's like a really effective way to build tension to have him sort of con- constantly be sort of following people around and they have no clue what what is about to befall them exactly he's just he he's just a omni like presence like individual where he just seems to be a little bit everywhere and that's that's why i was kind of talking about like that conditioning it's just like the the whole time look at look at the corners not just don't look what's in front of you because you don't know where he's going to be and that's Except what that we do when he is doing a pov shot because we get a really nice one of him following uh laurie and annie to sort of like seeing at the the two places where they'll be babysitting which are sort of like right across the street from each other and i love how he so he kind of like sees laurie she goes inside he then he follows annie 
and gets out of the car and just sort of watches her while she goes up to the door and and like meets the parents and everything. I granted it's Halloween, so maybe you wouldn't see a guy in a white mask just standing at the, <laughs> your street. But if I'm the guy who owns that house or the the dad or whatever, and I come out of the the door, I'm clocking that guy right away. Uh, not only is the light from my porch shining right on his his stark white mask, but um, he's just standing there. I would have, I would immediately be back in the house and calling the police. Yeah, you think so? They did things differently in '78, dude. <laughs> I guess they're just like, look, there's a mask guy out there. Anyway, we're off to go fuck all night. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're off. For an indeterminate amount of time, but we didn't bring any luggage with us, so good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where the fuck they went. They fucked off, for sure. And it they cost sure them. as hell did. They bombed off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I love that, like, as soon as night has has sort of fallen things get even more ominous. The way they light this movie is really fascinating because they they really don't do any fill lights. It's like it's either they the stark them. Right. <laughs> it's such a shoestring budget, but it becomes really effective because it's these this really stark contrast between the lit areas and just this this inky oppressive blackness that uh that 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 sort of permeates the shadows. It was it's really effective in setting sort of like a, a spooky atmosphere. Oh yeah. 100%. It's also why it's great to have his, that his, his mask is so devoid of color is that it just glows in the middle of this darkness when it needs to. It, it's it's yeah. a great use of it. And you, and like they, this is again, like why this movie is so effective it is building the tension like crazy because you see him stalking these uh, young women and it is like uh, he's not doing anything. And each time you see him, he's like kind of hovering around, like stalking, spying on them. But there's like nothing happening. And it's like it started to really weigh on you that that it's like uh, it feels like it could happen at any moment. But um they're just kind of stringing you along i thought it was really effective Mm -hmm. i agree so this is uh the next comes the scene that you were referencing before where the the sheriff and dr loomis are sort of investigating the uh old myers house and um we find out that uh michael myers has been eating dog raw dog Raw dog in it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the filthiest episode we've had so far. It is. It is. Oh, it's episode. Uh, I don't know what eighteen now. So yeah, yeah. we're yeah, we're old enough to to vote and be drafted. So yeah, yeah. No, he, he eats a dog that's somehow still warm. Um, yep. <laughs> From earlier that day. It. You know, but we just it, it's just to give us more emphasis like this. Dude has no rhyme or reason or, you know, that he's not a man at all. Man wouldn't do that. This isn't a man. Right? Like, Loomis is like, this dude's beyond being, like, redeemed in any sort of way. And, you know, eating a dog is just another check mark on the villain 
list of things to make yourself as evil as possible. Hard to get more evil than uh, eating a dog. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was just like, well, I guess so. That's why I hated the callback to this in um in the the recent version, uh, twenty eighteen one. It's like, does he does he just have a taste for dog now? Like he's like, <laughs> I've been locked up for so long, and now I just, you know, I really miss like you know like Labrador. And, um, you know, get hungry, so I can't wait to break out of here again and, you know, chomp on some of them gooey bits, you know. Uh, I mean, just like prison food. Just a little bit of pepper. Oh, perfect. Pepper? He doesn't strike me as a pepper guy. Like, he strikes me as. Uh, to quote the, the, um,. Uh, to quote, uh, God, his name is escaping me right now, but he's one of the birthday boys, the sketch group, and he was on Comedy Bang Bang. <laughs> he has uh, one of his uh, quotes that I like very much is that uh, he is a pepperhead. You know he's a pepperhead. Uh, he'll eat pepper to the day he dies. All right, well, I guess uh, M.M. is a fucking pepperhead. Yeah. You heard it here first, Michael Myers, uh, pepperhead. Um, and I'm talking about both the killer and the player of Shrek, <laughs> Mike Myers. Yeah, you know he hated that growing up, or being oh, yeah, like yeah, a teen. Yeah. Like he's like, "Fuck! Now this is gonna haunt me. I'm gonna have to become bigger than this character." It's like, "Oh, <laughs> behave!" And then that was it. And then that was the small stepping stone. To Mike Myers' uh, most memorable performance as the Love Guru. (laughs) (laughs) But I. Do you remember, just as quick aside, do you remember that he he was recently in that relaunched Gong Show, I think? I think it was the Gong Show. Was he? No, I didn't know that. He played a. Like he, his name wasn't yes. on the credits. Yes, but he played like a fictional character. Yes, I remember seeing him on something dressed as that character with and like I terrifying was, blue contacts. Yeah, the whole time it was, I, I think it was like Jimmy Kimmel or something like that. And the whole time I was going, "Why are you doing this?" <laughs> like, but why? yeah, he had a whole show, episodes, and everything. I just like just be Mike Myers, like. Who cares? You know, at this point, like, why are you dressing up as, like, some creepy old guy who sounds vaguely like Shrek? Like, or, like, he sounds like Shrek in his, uh, his one other voice he does all the time. It was was weird. Yes, I do, I do remember that. I didn't watch the gong show with him in it, but I do remember him advertising that for some weird, weird reason. I think a very Chris Gaines type of thing to do. Yeah, I mean, you gotta give it up to him for trying something, huh? Do I? Like, just make so I married an axe murderer, too. Call it a day. Boom, boom, boom. Mm. Let's go. Yeah. God, can I watch that movie again? Anyway, um, eating dogs. Don't do it. Yeah, he's eating dogs, but this is also to... This must have been Donald Pleasant's, well, probably, like, third day of shooting or so, or maybe second. Because this was also to set up that, you know, he's like, 
terrified of Michael Myers, and I, I love his delivery of it. Seems to me you're just plain scared. Yes. Yeah, I, I am. Uh... <laughs> right? He's not denying yeah. it. And he, it, and then we get kind of a backstory, but it's not like, you know, Michael Myers, like, you know, like lifting weights or doing like, you know, typo <laughs> or some shit. Right? Like, it's just Loomis's, like, interaction with him. And then... um You'll have to forgive me because I have to play these clips all in order. Um, just because I think they deserve to be played in order. Uh, here we go. I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply Evil. Ooh. Just Ooh. an incredible speech. Um, I had forgotten the sort of Mad Max, uh, <laughs> Mad Max sort of stutter that he had in that in that quote, but it does make it creepy, creepier, it, even with the uh, replaying the background music too. How did, it's just so unsettling. Well, Wes Craven, well, Wes Craven, <laughs> John Carpenter, Wes Craven came in and directed that one part. Uh, incredible. Yes, but it didn't. Anyway, uh, uh, no, I I love it. I I absolutely love his delivery. I love the stutter. I love how it goes because it it gives it a a, a more real quality to it. And again, it just put an emphasis is this is why he didn't want Michael Myers getting out. This is why because he's like this. This person is scary as shit because he's beyond being redeemed. He's beyond being saved. I know I keep hitting on those marks, but it's just true. And this just puts emphasis like, fuck, man, like, this is what terrifies me. And it's why it makes this, like, Myers mask so terrifying because you don't see his eyes. You just see, like, blackness. There's just nothing there. It's just this emotionless slate. And, you know this mask is like the physical representation of who he is. It's what makes him so scary. And why everyone calls him the shape in every movie. Um, <laughs> they're like, always like, look at that shape. What a shape. His mask had a shape to it. They're always saying shape. Well, anyway, I mean, I mean, we talk about silhouette and it makes for a very, it makes for an interesting silhouette. Cause it's very, nondescript but you know like the tussled hair and then it's just it's more of those features it really is the lack of ness that makes him so uh spooky to me anyway. yeah and um and i i think this is one of those pieces of trivia that everyone probably knows but um that is a william shatner mask 
that's just been painted white. The, the the eyes made a bit bigger, and uh, the hair tussled about. And the sideburns removed. Right, of course. Now. That's the, that's the clear, because it's not Captain Kirk. It is a Captain Kirk mask. Oh, I thought it was like TJ. Hooker. <laughs> no, God, no, that'd be funny as fuck. This TJ Hooker fucking mask. No, it's a Captain Kirk mask. They now here's that makes a, more sense. Here's a bit of trivia. I'll ask, do you know what the other mask were supposed to be? And the other mask before they got that that terrible was, one. Yeah. So when they were when they were you know coming out with masks for the killer, right? For Michael Myers, they presented a few different options besides. Uh, the Captain Kirk mask. I was just trying yeah, to see if you know uh, okay, what Okay, so are. actually, I do know this piece of trivia, and uh, I'll I'll give you one little line that'll give away that I know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, somebody stop me! <laughs> Where's the hang-up on this shit? <laughs> Smoking! It's, of course, the... <laughs> The green mask from uh, the the later to be released Jim Carrey vehicle, the mask. For yes, it exactly for property that didn't exist back in this time. It's exactly yeah, but they were thinking about it. Yeah, I guess really hard. No, An eight year old Jim Carrey was being considered. I think he was probably older than eight years old. He was in living color, but not much later. In seventy eight, seventy eight, he wasn't eight years old. He wasn't in living color, that's for sure. No, I'm saying, like, not much later, he was in living color, like, in 88. So, like, 10 years yeah, later. 10 years. So he wasn't 8. It wasn't 18 in living color. He could have been. All right, looks like we're doing another fucking bet. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Editor John, who controls the narrative. Real time. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. How old was... I don't know. <laughs> you, I mean, he definitely wasn't eight. You're definitely right about that. Yeah, good. No, I was about to give these folks some real cool mask knowledge because that's how much I love this film. And then you threw in that crappy movie vehicle of Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like the mask? It's all right. It's I haven't right. watched it since I was a kid, so I might it, have not hold up. I don't. I don't think it. It barely hood, held up then. I don't think it would hold up now. Yeah, I mean, you're right about that. Yeah, no, no. Um, now the other mask was a Emmett Kelly's clown mask, like a hobo clown looking mask. Um, real spooky. Richard Nixon was one of the mask, and a uh, Spock mask was another one of the mask. But they wow. settled on uh, Kirk because it had like it was the most devoid. Devoid of like emotion and uh, had like the less less texture to it. So then, when spray painting it white and doing all that, just really gave it like that look they were looking for. There you go. Yep. Yeah. That that uh, that is a interesting bit of trivia. Um, by the way, uh, if anyone was curious, uh, Jim Carrey would have been eighteen. In Boom! Boom! Fucking, I was right. <laughs> but was... not in In Living Color in 1978. No, I said a little after that. Ten years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a scant ten, a scant decade later, uh, he would be in 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 Living Color. 
Um, but uh, enough about uh, that guy. Um, but uh, let's get back to this very spooky movie. Let's just say that Lori is a good babysitter. Yeah, I give you that. Yeah, like she is like reading stories to this kid. She's uh, she apparently his parents did not buy him a jack o' lantern, <laughs> so she yeah. had to uh, bring over a a jack o' lantern for them to carve, and he seems stoked to do that. Who the fuck does that on Halloween night, though? That's true. It's kind of um. Well, now that I no no we did it we always did it before. Uh, because why would you do it? Why would why you would... wait? You're you're out trick or treating. Why would you uh be home doing that? Although I guess you could do it earlier in the day if it but, fell on a weekend or whatever. Yeah, but why? But why? That's exactly right. But why? And There's also, no... also technically this this year, 1978, Halloween fell on a Tuesday, so. Oh, oh, the scariest day of all. Oh, I mean, shit. Next day is hump day, and you still got work for a couple, so... Oh. Yeah, pretty fucking spooky, but... <laughs> I'm scared. I mean, um, she's a great babysitter, and I mean, if you wanted to carve a pumpkin, and that was the least of your problems, then... Shoot, I just wouldn't be like, what? why are you doing this today? Like, shouldn't you have done this yesterday or a week ago? Because you end up throwing it in the trash the next day anyway. And this is also when we see that Michael has uh, started uh, stalking Annie in earnest, um, ignoring uh, Lori for the time being, and instead of uh, it's, it's instead focusing on the person who yelled at him <laughs> in his car earlier. And he, uh, he is definitely... Did I say early, earlier? Either way, earlier. Um, he's definitely uh, holding on to that grudge. Yeah, he didn't appreciate it. Like, no, for someone not. who never learned how to drive, you know, like, or I guess he learned how to drive by watching very intently. Um, he didn't appreciate that because he thinks he was driving very well. Yeah, and, uh, and he's he's not the most graceful of the slashers. Uh, I like how he's like sitting he's outside the the of the door sort of like as Annie gets changed into something uh clean and uh and and he just like knocks a potted plant that's hanging out of like it just looks like he's like <laughs> he just like knocks the the plant off its uh, little hook and it goes crashing to the ground. Yeah, I think he does it on purpose. Yeah, like, I think you're probably right about that. Yeah, he doesn't strike me as the kind of dude who's just like, uh-oh, you know. Like, <laughs> That's what it kind of read at his first. He's like, oh, <laughs> shit, gotta go. Oh, you know, oh, oh, she's taking her pants off. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, oh. I'm... Yeah, I <laughs> imagine that. It's like clumsy guy. Yeah, well, she's clumsy as shit. And guess what? If I spilt butter on myself, I got like a third degree burn at that point. Uh, like yeah, melted butter, melted butter. Me? Like those pants look like they were painted on. I burned myself severely. Michael, and, uh, uh, Mike Myers would have been like, oh, or sorry, Mike, Myers, <laughs> Michael Myers. <laughs> he would have been like, do I make you whole? No, uh, yeah, he, baby, uh... butter, yeah. Oh, like... smash. <laughs> Headbutted the microphone again. Um, 
but uh do you think yeah like she spills molten butter on herself gets like a third degree burn like michael myers is like oh i'm out of here <laughs> oh gross Ugh, burns nasty yeah probably he's like like, like he's cut like, to the I inside eat. while she's like screaming about her butter birds and like just a uh, tube of neosporin comes flying from off frame <laughs> it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like fix her shit oh god <laughs> i can't i can't stand birds they're the worst <laughs> oh it's bubbling <laughs> my pants are stuck to the wound <laughs> Again, this movie he's... is actually, for what it's worth, it is very light on the gore. I really appreciated this, like this focus on tension and sort of uh, eschewing the the gore because we had we've had a uh, a lot of it. I feel like in the the past movies we've watched, but I liked uh, I like the more restrained uh, mood of this movie. Yeah, it's all, it's very Hitchcock-inspired. More what can the mind do, the score, everything. Very little blood, very little gore. Um, everything is done on purpose. That's why yeah. That's why I was commenting on how Halloween 2 just jumps the shark in that regards, because it's gory as shit. And that was just the deal with, like, people loving, like, the second, you know... Friday the Thirteenth movie. They're like, "Oh, that movie was great. It was so gory. He was stabbing people, and eyeballs were popping out, and all this stuff." So then they had to do the <laughs> same, you know, where <laughs> versus this masterclass of tension and you know spooks. Yeah, I um, I, I love this whole sequence where it just sort of like Annie is trying to get uh, you know, her clothes in the wash and like uh, putting on some stuff because she got blasted by molten butter um and then she gets like the, i guess the the people she's watching their kid they have like a detached laundry room that's it's like way in their very big backyard maybe it's just because i live in california that i think this is a humongous backyard but it looks palatial it's big i mean it's like yeah it's like a little laundry hut and you know, also like it's a detached, yeah, because the laundry is there, but also I think the uh, the garage is there as well. So yeah, it's like a detached garage and all that stuff. Yeah, and we get a very lot of nice. like while she's go ahead. I said very nice. Yes, very nice. <laughs> Borat two <laughs> on streaming on Amazon now. Um, We're not sponsored. Uh, sorry, my Alexa just uh took oh took me over, um possessed me <laughs> and to give that live ad for uh Borat uh to subsequent movie film, um streaming now on Amazon, um but uh I really love how, I mean it's like sort of t- I mean I love it because it is terrifying how Michael sort of plays with Annie in this moment. Um, sort of like locking the door on her and sort of appearing, you know, behind her in the, in the window as she, uh, tries to, tries in vain to get the attention of, uh, the kid she's looking after. I mean, I don't know, though. Like, I think you kind of deserve that. Like, yeah. I don't know how you get stuck in a window that way. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, I would. Just, like, borrow the clothes of, of the people you're watching. Like, she takes liberties. Maybe she does this all the time, and she's, like, a member of the family, kind of, but jeez-o, please-o. Yeah, well, she's not that uh, fucking member of the family because of the dog couldn't stand her guts. That's true. The dog goes nuts. Yeah, well, poor dog, but, you know. That's that's (laughs) just for the folks at home. That was a clip of a dog barking instead of the dog barking in the background. That (laughs) happens all the time on our podcast. Yeah, I should just take those sounds and have them as a soundbar. Yeah. No, but Um, like... Ew. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, yeah, Michael toying with her, killing their dog. That dog does I did I didn't have the heart to be able to put the whimper on there. Um so I left that out. But yeah. Like, yeah, Michael's toying with his food, setting everything up, putting all the the uh, chess pieces in play, so then he'll be mm-hmm. able to start his crazy game in a little bit. Yeah, so um, the kid finally gets like a call from Paul or whatever, uh, Andy's boyfriend. Um, and, uh, then she finally goes out to find Annie and lets her out. And so Annie's like, <laughs> because Annie is fully checked out of this babysitting experience and not a good babysitter. Uh, she just brings the kid over to the house that Lori is watching the kid at. And they're like, you guys hang out. I'm going to get Paul. <laughs> He's, he's grounded, but he's going to sneak out. Um, and uh, she doesn't have a care in the world, and everything works out for her, and she's fine. Uh, roll credits. Um, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, this was a cautionary tale. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, it, uh, fucking... yeah but this is our... Um, the the first person in Lori's friends group uh to die is Annie. Uh RIP Annie. Yeah. I mean we hardly knew you. I, I really need like a fucking this is the uh like a memorial sound clip for whenever someone dies. I think that'd be great. But uh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, she gets in the car to go pick up Paul because Paul's lazy ass couldn't walk the block down to get there. And um, I was like, damn, how heavy is Michael breathing in the back of this car? Because all the windows are fogged up, like all of them. Yeah, it definitely smells like stale breath in there when she gets in there. Um, But a very effective scare. Uh, And in, in that sort of the way the movie has been sort of subtle and terrifying up to this point, it continues to, 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 to sort of follow that trend with this kill because it is just sort of like a slow, he just slowly chokes the life out of her, uh, before slicing her throat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like fun. a real sort of like visceral, like it's like a real, he's doing it very slowly. Like she dies for a long time. Um, and uh and then just sort of like casually roughly cuts her throat and all the acting in this is is really well done i think and uh it was it was very uh, unsettling yeah it's one of the it's one of the creepier ones especially since he's doing that shit one-handed too like yeah you know yeah how strong is this guy 
how strong, how determined he is. Yeah, no. Uh, gross. Nasty. <laughs> uh, gross. Um, so I, I, uh, I love that, like, <laughs> I love that this, this poor kid who is a, who's a, a scared of uh, the boogeyman, uh, and very worried about the boogeyman sort of witnesses, uh, Michael carrying Annie's dead body back into the house yeah. and <laughs> nobody believes him. And, uh, it's just like this poor kid. He's, uh, I know he comes back in later, in later Halloween movies, but yeah, he comes um, back in the sixth one. Yeah, but played man, by Paul uh, Rudd. Right, that's true. Wow, crazy. Yeah. And that Doesn't... one's garbage. Both versions. That's right. I said it. Yeah, I mean, right. It's not good. Yeah. Um, but. It's it's funny because the only people who have seen Michael Myers are also Laurie and Tommy. No one else ever sees him, like until it's too late. Right. Yeah. So he, Good point. You know, and that's that's what makes him so effective as the boogeyman. You Very know? true. Yeah. Um, and then we get like a really brief scene that again, like you said, this is like probably the same day Donald Pleasance did the uh the other stuff right yeah like like i said they their their budget was originally three hundred thousand dollars they were able to get donald pleasance after peter cushing and christopher lee said no and he originally said no but his daughter apparently was a fan of assault on precinct 13 carpenter's film and loved the music in that. So that's the reason why he did it for 25k for 5 days. So that dude was paid $5,000 a day and we get quality lines like this. Hey. Hey Lonnie, get your ass away from there. <laughs> yeah, when he spooks some kids away from the house cuz he's staking out the buyer's house and he he genuinely doesn't want those uh, those kids to to you know anything bad to happen to them, um. So he he scares them away with that little gremlin voice. I love that part. Oh yeah, no, I love that. I mean, it's also to give us, I think, a little bit more uh, Loomis lines, right? Uh, what more do you need? Well, it's gonna take more than fancy talk to keep me up all night crawling around these bushes. I, I... Right, and he's just like, I don't want to be in these fucking bushes, and Pleasance is just all like... Up all night crawling around these bushes. I, I, I watched him for 15 years, sitting in a room, staring at a wall, not seeing the wall, looking past the wall, looking at this night, inhumanly patient. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. You can either ignore it, or you can help me to stop it. Right, and then Donald Pleasant's like, "Okay, we're gonna film for another forty-five minutes, and then I'm done. And I've collected and I my am phone. out of here. I'm out of here." Yeah, he he really does a, a fantastic job, um, and uh, and you really wish you could spend more time with him, but instead, we got to get back to the thirsty van. Yeah, fucking. Come on, ride the van. It's a thirsty van. We're kids driving around mm, mm, in a mm, van mm, and mm, drinking mm, Bud Light and 
but, or I guess it wasn't, but like, because this is, is the 70s and being super inconsiderate and a bunch of dick bags. I love that mix, dude. <laughs> I'm going to have to get that on wax, put a fat beat yep. behind it. Yeah, Little no. did you know, this was all a, uh, <laughs> this was all a, a ploy um, to, to really launch my monotone oscillating singing style <laughs> i love it's it it's gonna dude. take the world by storm i love it i love it i mean i love this more than yeah linda and uh was it uh bob bob and linda yeah um very 70s names yeah i didn't realize linda was spelled with a y either until uh, yeah. i looked it up and i was like oh okay now i know now i know what i'm dealing with yeah, and Bob they, looks like he's uh, he's like he's forty two if he's a day over twenty. Yeah, no, he looks like Jeffrey fucking Dahmer to me. He's got like the glasses, <laughs> the sideburns, and um, I mean, he has the disregard for people's shit. Like, yeah, they, they like they, barge into this house and immediately start making out over all the furniture. And keep in mind, this is not Annie's house. This isn't their friend's house. This is Annie. Somebody is paying her to watch their daughter. <laughs> These, and, uh, you know, I'm sure this stuff happens all the time. Uh, but, wow, she's a bad babysitter. Not good. Not good. Like, nope. I, and she, uh, and Mike, Michael gave her the most harsh Yelp review of all time. <laughs> it's like, you know, would not let them come over again because I'm going to kill them. And that's the thing, too, like, they're making out the power is almost out in this house. Like there's no, no lights on and he's just staring at them. Like just, you know, doing his little fucking breathing thing, just staring at them as they're making out on the couch. Like the way this dude stares, I would automatically know someone was staring at me. Just putting that on front street. Yeah. But That's we, true. And we get kind of like a, um, and, uh, we get the, we get a brief scene of uh, showing Lori again, now taking care of both the kids, generally being good at being a babysitter, like having like doing fun little spooky stuff with the kids. And, um, and, and then she, they, she gets a call from uh, her friends and they tell her that, you know, Annie hasn't come back yet. And that starts, it's a little bit weird. Um, but uh, that's just really a, merely a pit stop in these uh, these two new characters' dirtbag journey, <laughs> because when they find out that uh, the, the the you know the parents aren't coming back anytime soon, it's right upstairs to one of the bedrooms. You gotta hope it's the spare bedroom. You know, it's not that bed was big as fuck. They they yeah. went to like the master bedroom. They yeah. brought a fucking jack-o'-lantern up there for some reason. And then just, like, go to fucking Pound Town, I guess. <laughs> go to Pound Town. Uh, I mean, why not? We're already there. The episode's already there. Let's, let's, let's just take this episode to Pound Town. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, they're just, I mean, they're just going at it. The phone's ringing. And what is this? See, this is their disregard, and this is why, you know, like, 
when you were saying earlier, you don't feel so bad about them getting taken out. You can kind of get it. There, the phone's ringing. They hang the phone. They take the phone after it stops ringing. They take it off the receiver and put it to the side, so they don't have to deal with it ringing. What if it's the parents trying to call Lindsay to check in with her or the check in with everything, and instead they're going to get something far worse by a busy signal? I thought for a second there, because they picked it up so soon after the last ring, I thought they literally just picked up the phone and like. <laughs> Someone would hear them, right? Put it off the, the hook while they had sex. Like, that that's how inconsiderate they were. Like, it's the parents calling to check on their daughter. And they just hear sounds of... Uh, Boots uh, stuck uh, in uh, mud. Yep. Yowza. <laughs> 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 anyway, um, yeah. They have sex, and um, that means... I mean, you know they're they're uh, they're dead. Well, I fucking, yeah, the worst part is after they do that, she lights up a cigarette and starts smoking in this person's bedroom. It's going to smell. They're going to be able to smell that. Their whole room is going to smell like cigarette smoke. So good luck convincing them that uh, something didn't happen here. And certainly the stains all over the bed will be the, the then, dead giveaway. Yeah. I just like, I don't know if that's just because I'm older, but like the inconvenience is what, are they, what I was most mad at. I'm like, yeah, these guys do deserve to die. They're going to have to wash those sheets. Well, I mean, they're going to have to wash them anyway because they're going to be chock full of blood in a little bit. So That's true, yeah. Well, I think they'll probably be throwing away those sheets. But uh... You think so? I mean, they got a real nice washer and dryer. <laughs> yeah, that's and I, true. I just, you know, enough bleach. Kill any memory. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's a good, that's a very good point. Um... But uh, yeah, they glasses guy. He's uh, he's he's. They're they're basking in their po- post coital glow, and uh, glasses guy decides to go down. Bob, I guess his name is, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, get some more beer. Yeah, and I think I don't even think he put those beers in there. I think at this point he just started taking the beers that were in the fridge. Yeah, a couple of empty beer cans fall out of the fan when they exit. Really cool stuff, guys. Yeah, drunk driving, <laughs> yo. Yeah, good times. And um, uh, and uh, yeah, he he's he's searching, he's questing around downstairs for beer, but he doesn't find he doesn't find beer. Uh, no, he finds uh, Mike Myers, Michael Myers. <laughs> he finds the cat in the hat. In uh, in hiding in the closet. Yeah. Oh man. I love this fucking part where he's all uh, hearing noise. We hear the breathing. We've been prompted by the breathing, but we don't know which door he's gonna come out of. And then he just comes out of the fucking side door. Um, lifts Bob up with one arm, and then impales him with the kitchen knife and somehow that motherfucker stays stuck on the wall yeah and, uh, yeah and then just sort of examines him for a bit yeah the little head tilt that creepy like head tilt yeah oh man but it's one thing we know that michael myers in the asylum at least learned a little bit of a sense of humor because he goes back up to where linda is wearing a sheet but with bob's glasses over him 
just to pretend <laughs> like he's Bob for a little bit. Yeah, and she's fooled. Uh, she uh, flashes him, and uh, and then is eventually kind of creeped out by his staring and heavy breathing. So goes to call Lori, I guess. Oh, I guess that's right, what you on, do. Where's my beer? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. uh, and then goes to call uh, her friend. Yeah, goes to call Lori. Turns her back to this creepy ass situation. And all right, Annie. First, I get your famous chewing. Now I get your famous squealing. <laughs> I mean... Yep. <laughs> Yeah, she thinks because she he immediately starts choking over the phone cord and she starts making those sounds and then that's what Lori picks up and she's like, okay, you guys are, you guys are uh, bumping uglies over there and you're calling me as some sort of prank. Nice work, guys. Uh, but no, she's just witnessing uh she's hearing uh, the murder of her friend. Hearing a murder of her friend, and like the thing is, Lori's very astute. So we see that she's like she checks at the kids and looks like, like I mean, you could already kind of see she's like, I'm gonna go check this out. Um, type of attitude. Um, and then you know, I think we cut right back over to the Myers house, and this part always pissed me off, even when I was like when I was a kid. When we cut over to the Loomis house or Myers house, Loomis is still you know. He he could be waiting in his car, but he's not. Instead, he's hanging out by the bushes. And at some point, he turns to his left, and there's the hospital car parked maybe like well, 20 feet away. And you're telling me the whole time he was staring at the Myers house, he never turned to his left? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I was going to ask you about this exact scene. Like, what? What? Yeah. Why yeah. is the, the car was just there the whole time? It literally looks like he turns thirty degrees, and the car was there, and he's like, "What? What?" And then he goes up to the seal, and he's like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh!" It's the same car. It's and like, that's what it. And I guess that tips him off that he's in the neighborhood, right? And that's the other part. If you really like pay, if it's funny. Normally, I never pay attention to this. This part always gets me. But the traveling in this movie that they do in these cars make no sense. Because I can't tell how far Lori's house is from Meyer's house, but she was able to walk by it to drop off the keys. So if that's the case, and Tommy was right around the corner from where she was, but when they were driving around earlier, it went from like 6.30 in the evening to like fucking pitch black at night, which means they were driving for felt like they were driving for fucking hours. Yeah, and they drove through the center of town. Mm-hmm. But yet now, here they are, all relatively in close proximity with each other. It's so weird. So here's here's my headcanon about that. Please. So when we first see Lori, she is um she is coming out of a house that her dad is selling. We see like a car with a real estate agent sticker on the side. Um, I think that her dad gave her a ride to the house that he had to sort of like set up for a viewing. And then this area is closer to her school than where she lives. I mean, does that track? I think that tracks. I don't think that tracks because she gets out of the house. Right? Like, if he's... 
like it, it seems he like that's been like helping her set up or helping him set up right before maybe maybe i mean i'll rewatch it but it doesn't doesn't seem like that tracks like like i mean obviously look they're gonna for when shooting a film you're gonna shoot wherever you can possible so everything's probably relatively within close proximity to each other for like the houses that they had access to go into the Myers house being probably some other spot, you know, that they could shoot at, but it just, it seems too convenient when everything seems too close, especially. Hmm. I'll, I'll rewatch that. Maybe your head cannon might be right, but it's confusing. Um, it's confusing. The, I, Cause I thought that's the same thing too. But I, upon like thinking about it, I was like, well, he was, he's a real estate agent. And maybe I just assumed that was the house. I don't know. It's not clear in the film, I think is the point. Um, And it makes the travel time seem like ridiculous. So I agree. I definitely agree with that. Um, But this is the, (laughs) this is what tips Loomis off. And, uh, so he's, he's gonna run back to, I guess there's a scene of him later. He's just kind of scanning every house. Yeah. And looking for, uh, something to be off at this point. Yeah. Which is, uh, interesting, but the, that's the same thing Lori is doing at the, the, the same time. Like, right. She's going across the street and, uh, she's going to investigate what is uh, happening over at Annie's house. And, um, lots of tension in this buildup. Of course, the lights are all off and everything, but I thought it was a <laughs> good, you know, all these villains have like a real, uh, real flair for the theatric because, uh, uh, good old Michael Myers has set up, uh, a veritable haunted house, uh, for Lori when she, when she enters the bedroom. Oh yeah. No, they, they, they've all learned how the interior decorate with the best of them. Yeah, but he's awesome. like has like trip wires and like <laughs> there's like uh she comes in and sees one of her friends and then she turns around and a guy kind of like falls from the the inside of a closet next to her but it's all like choreographed so like every time she turns around she's she's confronted with a new horror um lots of really great planning uh michael, michael. yeah and it was uh was it uh linda on the bed with the judith meyer uh, tombstone <laughs> right this is what we referenced earlier the judith meyer to- tombstone was taken from the graveyard as a prop for this moment and this moment alone mm-hmm. and it's just it, or no i think it's annie on the bed it doesn't really matter they're all her friends are dead um yes yes it is annie but uh hardly yeah. matters um uh but yeah, it hardly matters to anyone because because she's like on full on panic mode, uh, like tries to get help from the neighbors, but uh, that doesn't go too well. Well, you you got to call out there. This is possibly one of the greatest shots in the movie. And I don't want to jump to her just panicking like she was real quick was when she's leaving the house. She walks by a doorway. It's pitch black. And then uh, light kind of shines and then we see Meyer's face appear in the blackness like that's where he was hiding the whole time I fucking I love that shot 
It's a very good scene. Yeah. And, and uh, she's she's really acting at a 10 at this point. She's she's uh, given it a thousand percent. Oh, well, so you know how we were saying that, you know, like the dude who was, he's killing me, was screaming it. And there was like <laughs> that, like no gravitas to it. Like, you know, <laughs> like he's killing me, he's killing me. You know, like it, it was, it this this guy didn't have the chops, unfortunately, to be able to carry it. This screaming was yeah, out of ten. I I would have helped if I heard someone screaming like this in my neighborhood. Help me, please! Hello! Hello! Oh, oh. Hello, help me! Can you please help me? Please! And like, they won't. Yeah, they Spill will. alert, they did. Yeah, this neighborhood's like, fuck that. You hear that shit? Nah, she's screaming crazy bloody murder. Uh, I'm good. I'm not going to help know, her. Part of me is like, it. this is, she's obviously not from the neighborhood, and it's like a teen on Halloween. They're probably just like, just turn off the lights. Maybe they'll go away. Uh, yeah, true. Maybe. But, I don't know. That was pretty fucking convincing. Like, I hear this. <laughs> I don't give a shit about that dude. Second play. (laughs) (laughs) I don't give a shit about that guy. I hear her screaming. I even on Halloween, I'd be like, okay, what the fuck's going on? And then I'd promptly get murdered for it, but I would have been nosy enough to do it. Um, that's movie John. Real John, if I heard that, I'd be like, Mm-mm, Michael Myers is around the corner. Turn off the lights. Pretend we're not home. Go into the bathroom. Yeah. Um, and there was a great scene where she she uh, runs back to the house and tries to get inside, but the door's locked and uh, it takes the kid a really long time to get there. Meanwhile, uh, Michael Myers is just stalking towards her and uh, just a great tense uh, scene. Um, and, uh, she does eventually get into the house before he's able to get there, locks the door. Very smart. Not like it matters because the, <laughs> the phone's dead and the lights go out and, uh, there's an know, open window. the window's opening. Yeah. He just kind of snuck in through a window. Yeah. Like, man, you know, he's pretty silent. So he was there already. <laughs> <You know? Yep. laughs> he was already there. Um, but, uh, you know, he, again, like, I think I said this before, but he definitely has, like, you can, you can get Mike, uh, Michael Myers, you can get Mike Myers for your gong show relaunch. No, um, no, you can, you can, you can get him because like she takes a knitting needle and just really stabs the ever loving, uh, bejesus out of him. Yeah. Stabs him in the fucking neck. I think that's a good place to stab. Very smart, oh. but. Uh, doesn't follow through when she gets that knife and to check on him. She just kind of looks over the couch and is like, eh, he's good. He's good. He's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if this whole, this whole sequence cracks me up cause we hear his breathing. So we know he's in the room again, another condition there. She stabs him in the neck with a knitting needle. He pulls it out. Apparently doesn't like the sight of his own blood it was like, Oh, and then like <laughs> falls to the floor. Lori grabs his knife and then like, okay, I think he's dead. And then she just gets rid of it. 
Like she just yeah. puts it down. And she's she's like, like, "Ew, a knife. This yeah. is what was used to f- kill my friends." I'm done with this. And then you know uh, she starts. Uh, I think she starts heading upstairs, and we get a. Um, that's when we get the little weird shot of Loomis just kind of walking down the street looking for trouble. Apparently he wasn't. Yeah, he's, he, and then like the sheriff, he's like, the sheriff is giving him broad latitude to just conduct business as he sees fit. Uh, and he just kind of commands the sheriff to do whatever. <laughs> yeah. He just does it. He's like, all right, well, damn you. It's your fault if this doesn't work or whatever. And then uh, I do like this, though, because then we get back to the house. Lori goes upstairs and uh, knocks on the door, hugs the kids, texts them. So, she, again, maintaining her best babysitter award. And then she's like, I, I killed him. I killed you. And he's like, you can't kill the boogeyman. I killed him. You can't kill the boogeyman. <laughs> yeah, because he's right there. He's right there. He's, he's, he's right. up the fucking steps. And I would have shit my pants. <laughs> this part. Like, you know, like they start screaming. And then I, but again, that's why I mean, that's why I really like Lori as a character. Cause the, the kids break off one way. She runs into this room. And well, let's talk like, about the closet scene. Yeah, this is fucking dope. Because I think every, I mean, if please, Again, watch this movie because this is like the one of the more iconic scenes in it. Um, but her hiding in that little closet is just so fucking scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it takes Michael Myers a long time to to bust in. But believably so. Yeah, it's like, look, I can't punch through my closet door with like one good chop. It's gonna take a bunch of punches, but you know, or, you know, I don't. But I don't have insane person strength, so I'm not sure. But yeah, well, it's like, just like it's. It seems like it's. It's not hard to get through, even though he like starts by just like slamming the doors instead of punching through these very weak slats. If anyone who's ever had one of those closet doors, you know that like if you leave a uh, like a coat hanger the wrong way, you could break one of those um, like balsa wood little slats uh but it does look like it's sort of just cumbersome like it just takes a little bit of time because it's it ha- there's like a lot of slats and it's just kind of a pain in the butt not that it's hard right yeah well, yeah no i mean it's a, that's the thing right like when she goes in she opens the patio door and then bombs off to the closet right she's like trying to fucking fake him out do anything just to get him away from there and he doesn't fall for it, obviously, but yeah, like when she ties up the doorknob and he's just shaking on it and it's just violently shaking. And then like she's sitting in the dark, but there's a little bit of like like, you know, moonlight kind of creeping in and he's just shaking it and everything is starting to move more and more violently there. And she's trying to keep her mouth shut, but it's still scaring the shit out of her too. And then yeah, when he's just like, Oh fuck it, I'll just start punching the slats. Like, these are such accurate, like, punches to, like, knock out each slat. Just like, pop, pop, pop. And then getting tangled up in that fucking absolutely scares the shit out of me. Yeah. And, like, the light kind of going on and off. I really was impressed with the sort of how they use the, uh, like, how they use the time of this of this shot. Like, having her sort of frantically fashion a weapon out of a wire coat hanger. 
um, like the way that she did, there was no point where they like kind of cut to her and it took way too long for her to make this thing. So you don't believe at all that like he wouldn't have been able to, to bust in and already like have, uh, you know, already have attacked her. So like, I really thought that they showed very clearly what she was doing, but they showed it in such like a rapid, believable, like panic moment that I thought that was a really effective, uh, part of it. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, wire hangers aren't good for anything. Um, except in this one case, stabbing your, your, uh, attacker in the eye. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, just, she just pokes him. He's like, Oh shit. Like, he's like, two times I've been hurt today. This is terrible. Yeah. And, he and I was like, him. I'm going to pass out. Yeah. Oh, I love um, he drops his knife and, you know, and then this time she picks it up and just stabs him in the fucking chest. So it's just like, okay, you know, the, the eye poke and the knitting needle didn't do enough, but I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah. And, but he's fine. Uh, <laughs> another one of these great scenes where she's sort of, sort of like, collapsed uh in the door frame and he just sits up because he's fine yeah i mean she's what she did she sends the kids to go looking for help and that's yeah, she uh, definitely the kids she sends the kids away um but yeah he's he's fine and he gets back up and um uh begins uh his favorite move i'm gonna say which is just choking the life out of somebody yeah i mean well when you get up like the undertaker um, where you just kind of sit up. I think that's your go-to move, right? Because the Undertaker's is the choke slam. So obviously, Michael. Oh, that's Myers true. Is the, yeah, you know, maybe the, he was just like, uh, he's a huge wrestling fan. He was like, <laughs> I like, love the WWF. And then, Kane's yeah. a little problematic, but that Undertaker, he's okay by me. <laughs> yeah, no, he starts choking Laurie, and um, but you know, I mean. The the whole sequence of events here move real quick because as the kids go running out, Loomis sees that and is like, "Oh, I found Michael!" <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I think we forget to mention, but like he has a gun on him, um, and he he's not afraid to use it at this point because as he goes upstairs, we see um, he's like choking Lori, but then Lori, well, like. Uh, pulls Michael's mask kind of off his face, and then we get that one mm. look at Michael with like the the wound in his eye a little bit, and like without missing a beat, I love it. Michael just puts the mask back on because he's like that. This is who I am, not the guy underneath. And then Loomis just like boom, just like you know, fucking shoots him. Goes to the room. Michael's just staring there, which I would have been like, oh fuck, hide in the closet. Michael, pull Lori. <laughs> but instead he gets shot five more times and falls off the balcony yep uh huh and uh then we get a very cool exchange uh again referencing the boogeyman what's the boogeyman as a matter of fact it was <laughs> so Loomis confirming it was indeed the boogeyman they shouldn't call him the shape they should just call him the boogeyman uh they certainly do a lot in this in this movie um 
but yeah, he looks back down there and Michael is gone. Uh, and then we just get kind of like a bewilderment and uh, PTSD uh, setting in for, for Lori to credits. Don't forget that yep. shit. Like they're, they're, <laughs> they're showing there. Yeah. Well, they're just showing shots. This is why I love it is because they're showing shots of different places where Michael had been. And we're hearing his breathing, and we're hearing the music, but we don't see where he is, right? Like, we're like, fuck, we don't know. And then, yeah, roll credits. Yeah, they're they're hinting that he's uh, out there, but uh, they're not going to uh, they're not going to put it on Front Street. Um, but uh, so that is brings this movie to a close, and also brings to a close. Your the pop saga's uh month long pop scares ya spooky content. Uh next week we'll be back to to be uh to regular stuff. Um uh, but before we say goodbye to the month of Halloween and the movie of Halloween, uh John, I was wondering, um, could you tell me, out of all the movies we've seen, would you rank them? Oh yeah, you want me to rank all the movies I've seen? Yeah, uh, uh, ever in your life. Just kidding. Uh, no, for the for this month, for Pop Scares Ya, I be, would be very interested to hear what your top... Um, I guess we're going to leave Back to the Future out. Okay, um, perfect. Because, uh, and let's just focus on the horror films we saw. And, um, yeah, so let's go from... Let's go from worst to best. Worst to best. I mean, they're all good, but um, the, from the bottom of the list to the top. I mean, the worst in this case, I would probably go uh, Friday the 13th, final chapter. Yes, I agree. That is on the bottom for me as well. Yeah. Next one I would do would be Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would agree. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I think absolutely. Then uh, for me, um, I would go Poltergeist. As my next, like, mm-hmm. and yeah, then, number two. Uh, I I am there with you. Poltergeist is definitely number two, and then coming in at number one for us both, it's Halloween. <sighs> Halloween, Mike Myers' best movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean. And don't get me wrong, like, you know, we picked all these films, and they're all good. Do I think, um, like, A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 is better than 1? No. Um, that would have been tougher, uh, actually, to choose from, though Halloween still be on top for me. Actually, probably the whole ranking would be the same, but... <laughs> yeah, I think for me, too. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just love, like, how like creepy suspenseful so many tricks are being used for a dude's second movie really right he did a movie in film school then he did assault on precinct 13 and then he did halloween and it this is this is a great has great pacing has great everything i love it and uh yeah i think you know the the ones that we highlighted are ones that are 
of that caliber. You know, Poltergeist had great pacing. Everything worked well. It was shot phenomenally. But, you know, it had a way bigger budget than Halloween did. But Yeah, it was incredible um, what John Carpenter was able to do. And uh, he really, as a uh, horror uh, auteur... Um, really has a distinct and incredible style. Um, and uh, he makes the kind of horror movies that are my favorite uh, kind of horror movies. Because as I said, I'm a notorious chicken, but um, I really love suspenseful uh, horror movies. Side note, uh, my dog decided to sit on my lap for the last maybe... 15 minutes of this podcast so if at any point it sounded like i was uh roughly sighing in the background (laughs) that's not that was not me that was the dog i was the one roughly sighing (sighs) the truth comes out um well, uh, that was just a, a great uh, movie. I am looking forward to getting back to, to cheerier subjects um, uh, in the in the weeks coming up uh, as we, we slowly um, uh, try not to uh, lose our minds uh, as we as we hurtled towards a very important election. Um, but uh, I have to say it was uh, it was great. I thought it was really fun. I very I rarely watch a lot of uh, scary movies in in the month of October. I you know watch some more you know like one on Halloween, but um, I found several. I feel like I might make this a, a tradition every year. Well, as long as we're doing this podcast, we probably will make this a tradition. That's fair. Every year, um, but we'll we'll just pick a different different uh scary movies maybe in the series maybe not you'll have to stick around i'm talking to you australian listener and chad (laughs) please (laughs) Uh, yeah no this was fun make me beg but i will (laughs) no this was fun i mean i watch scary movies all year round um where I go through spurts of like, let me watch a whole series, and then I'll just watch yeah. a whole series. You are but... not a notorious chicken, for the record. You are a you're a real uh, uh, a real uh, brave guy, and uh, I I um I categorically uh, uh, avoid being um, startled uh, and spooked. <laughs> but um, well, the but trick is yeah. to watch movies you've already seen. So then you're not yes. as scared. That takes some of the sting out. Repeat viewings. Bit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That was. Oh, that's a very loud dog snore. Oh, she's just really. Okay. She's, well, I yeah, hope she everyone. She is asleep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I hope everyone uh, is loving this dog ASMR to uh, to finish up this uh, to this show. That's the um, ASMR I could get behind. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, well, I do hope you'll, uh, well, I hope that you enjoyed, uh, joining us for this fun, um, romp through the, uh, some of the classics, uh, in the horror genre. And I, uh, hope you'll join us next week for another fun episode of, uh, Pop Saga. Get back to the regular swing of things. 
Um, and uh, let's see if there. Do you have any final words? Yeah, uh, uh, you know, be good to each other. Watch scary shit, but um, always have a plan for Michael Myers. There you go. I think that's a that's a great way to leave it. So please stay happy, stay healthy, and we'll see you next week. Pop Saga, you know we keep it groovy We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies A couple of nerds, but got style, we so cool Pop culture, talking new and old school, yeah You should know we love hip-hop from the roots Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch We giving you what you want, it don't get no liver Ain't no doubt we gotcha, this is Pop Saga, let's go Oh yeah, you heard right, this is a lifestyle Welcome to the nerd life, Pop Saga